This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 190, The Argent Flight. Introduction. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. It's hard to not say Argent Flight in a Southern accent. The, the Argent, Argent Flight. Flat. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of have a down home. Has uh, that quality. Just kind of, yeah, a, 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 country, uh, a country twist yeah. to it. The Argent Flat. <laughs> uh, Hunter, I wanted to uh, do a thing at the top here. I feel like we've had like a cool little arc going, like a little, there's been a little story thread going. And I think, t- oh, yeah. I think today gets to be the finale of that story thread. Which okay. is, is uh, the conclusion of the apology arc of the show. Oh, my God. Is, I'm uh, disappointed that there's another part to well, this Well, Hunter, arc. Hunter, I've, it's me. Hunter, I want to apologize to you. Just in no, general. No, I don't accept it. No, Hunter, come on. Hey, buddy, I'm sorry. No. Oh, Hunter, I'm real sorry. You can be sorry for, I guess, bringing this up again. For us doing, <laughs> for there being a follow-up. One final to, sorry I, bit. I re-listened to... The Mahawk Guide from last week, yeah. and was sick of the sorries. <laughs> Even by the beginning, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this, yeah. and I want to make sure we never do this sorry bitty. You're never getting listener. You're never getting an apology from me <laughs> ever again about anything. Okay, I'm getting a tattoo, and we're gonna start swearing on the show. Okay, and oh, no. I'm done. I'm done playing this game. Oh no, all right? I'm an adult. Okay, and. <laughs> I should be surrounded by similar like-minded adults that agree with everything I say already and I, that I would never need to apologize to them for any reason, okay? I love I'm an a echo. Bro now. Have you yeah, seen a little hunter. kid hear the, their first echo? It's beautiful. It's an amazing yeah. thing to, to discover an echo. There's nothing yeah. better. Love a good echo, okay? I want to get in my chamber and live there, all right? I want to say my ideas and have people say, yes, good, right, yes, good, right. That's what I want. We just want uh, our so, audience to be a good improv partner. That's all. We just want you to yes and us, okay? Yeah. And and then it not get weird. Because actually in improv, there can be a lot of apologies, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're kind of going into a space that can get dicey. You can find stuff out about yourself. Uh-huh. You know, oh, I didn't have that. I didn't know I had that in there in the corner <laughs> of my brain. And that came out and that hurt other people. But what I'm saying is... I'm bro hunter now and I'm covered in tattoos and I'm not apologizing to you about stuff in regards to cardboard and plastic. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of no apologies uh, and of your Mahawk guide, we have some Mahawk pre errata I would like to present to you, Hunter. And we have your... some, well, yeah, we have some people that are under the impression that I still accept errata <laughs> is what it is. And it's not pre errata, it's post errata because we yeah. already did oh, the I did episode. say pre errata. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, errata from Zephyrus, uh, errata for the edge case. For genetic recombination. This is a bad technology. Unless one or more of the following <laughs> factions are in the game. Argent, Extra, 
And I'm sorry, Zephyrus, you also brought up some stuff about Necro. We're not going to talk about your Necro point. Um, I just, I don't even want to go there. It's too much. But I do want to talk about your Argent and Extra points. So I'm sorry for kind of cutting off half of your <laughs> of your errata. Uh, ideally, two of these will be in. Well, okay, we're not going to talk about Argent and Extra both being But ideally, we see a faction, right? With Argent, it gets you a minimum of seven votes, not one, because Zeal is not an optional ability. It's funny because that's we're doing... The, that's the point. That's the meat. It. That's a good one. Uh and then with extra, you knock out the agenda powerhouse on crucial agendas more often than not. Yeah. Okay. My only challenge to that is what if you and extra want the same thing? Like uh, <laughs> sometimes the way that people or talk about Or if extra has an extra fleet supply that they're willing to burn. Well, yeah, there's that too. I mean, that's like kind of the unsaid counter to all of this, which yeah. is like losing one, one CC from fleet pool. It should, I don't know. I, I kind of wish it was just like the way it worked is. Mahawk tells you how to vote, you vote that way. Mm -hmm. Like there is no there is no way out. No punishment. It just happens. Right. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. But if that's not how it works, uh the Argent point, fair. Yeah. You you do get seven off but Argent. Falls to the same problem, which is uh they could lose a fleet supply, and especially it being Argent, a lot of people are talking about, even if you're losing ships and fleet supply from a lot of factions, that's just destroyers, and that's never been more true <laughs> than with Argent. Yeah. Uh, they are probably losing fair. like two or three dollars of value to do to vote how they want to vote. Um, and yeah, they can, and I do want to be fair to, to, they can make. to Zephyrus. Zephyrus uh, led into this saying, this is an edge case for yeah. genetic recombination. I don't it, think... It's an edge case. For sure. But. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with both of those points. If, the, if either of those factions are in your game, maybe take a second look at ge genetic recombination. But the big the big problem I always have is if you're getting genetic recombination, what tech are you not getting? What what did you yeah. not have time to get? Are you going to not get Dreadnought 2 so that you can get genetic recombination? Because I think you made a bad bet if that's the direction you went. Yeah, that's really kind of always the unsaid thing of like when we don't like a tech, it's not that we're saying... That it's not good and 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 you shouldn't get it and you shouldn't get any tech because they're just mm -hmm. not good. It's it's really just we're not going to tell you to get it because we think there's better stuff that you could get. Right. But if you like it, then just get it. Yeah. Like I don't I I don't care. Maybe and, and in likes fact, it. And and it's not like you know, Ti is there's always a bit of luck involved. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that. There's not, I'm never going to hear a story that somebody got genetic recombination and then it somehow Rules. won them the game. Right. I would maybe almost say it, but <laughs> I, I'll leave a little bit of possibility in there that we get a, a play of the week right. at some point involving it. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, next up, we've got one from Hemobill. Hemobill says, another way to use the hero that just wasn't mentioned uh, can be to bypass someone who gave you their support for the throne. Since Benediction isn't a tactical action, it doesn't proc support for the throne. You can use it to have your fleet attack uh, your support swap buddy or to move your support swap buddy's fleet or ship out of the way so you can move through or into a system that is important. You can even score certain action phase combat secrets this way against your support buddy. Uh, very notably, you cannot score Betray a Friend, though, which specifies a tactical action. Where this uh, is more relevant, though, is for objectives that ask for only units to be in a system, empty systems, units that are in anomalies, etc., uh, where it's likely that a player just has ships and the system in the system and not ground forces. That's a that's a really good point to me. Uh, something we definitely could have talked more about is the idea that I, I see games all the time where my support partner is exactly the anomaly I would like to go attack and I can't. Sure. Uh, yeah. Or I want to well, spark a rebellion. 
Yeah, unless it's a nebula, and then you can't do it. That's a funny point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, still to to that end, uh, this is definitely something that we just didn't get. We we missed and didn't talk about. We got too uh, in the weeds of all of the brokenness of benediction, and this is like a broken thing. But this is also just like a solid use of the ability, as opposed sure. to like sort of going through the gamut of all the crazy possibilities of, yeah. of the hero. I don't mind at all. I, we said enough about uh, Benediction for us to miss a little point like this yeah. and, it be, and then it'd it be included next week. Yep. Don't mind at all. Not getting an apology from me. All right. <laughs> uh, and last, good, good errata, Hemobill. Last up. Just because I liked it, not because I, I apologize <laughs> at all. Last up is a very long post from Holy Teaspoon that honestly is a lot of math that will not translate to audio it, you will fall asleep uh, listening to me read it because i will not i would just i just won't do it justice so i would rather summarize holy teaspoon's points uh holy teaspoon had a long post about the idea that we talked about crimson legionnaire 2 and the idea that you get a commodity or convert a commodity which means every two infantry that dies equals one trade good which in turn essentially equals one or equals two more infantry right so we sort of pinned it as you didn't lose value. You got your exact mm -hmm. value back. Now, Holy Teaspoon has a larger point to all of this. And this is kind of why I'm bringing this up is, is more to their larger point than the validity of Crimson, Crimson Legionnaire 2. Because I think I have a lot of issues with Holy Teaspoon's idea that like you're actively killing your own Crimson Legionnaires. Like it's a defensive ability. So by nature, you're never actively using this as some sort of economy engine. It's just it is a, it is a thing that maybe gets to happen to you. But their wider point is people nowadays are undervaluing commodities in Prophecy of Kings. Commodities have changed in Prophecy of Kings. And you should be happy to have commodities on your sheet that you can give to other people for stuff because you can get more value out of it than what X minus one gets you. And even in an X minus one meta, you can do more by only gaining yourself commodities, like with Crimson Legionnaire 2, instead of ever converting a trade good or a commodity to a trade good, always just gain the commodities. This extends too to the uh, industrial cards where you can gain a commodity or you can convert a commodity to a trade good. You should probably always be just gaining commodities because that is actual new value that can be traded to someone else as opposed to exchanging a commodity of value for a trade good right basically the idea is two commodities is better than one trade good mm -hmm. how do you feel about that presentation of this idea hunter where it's let i'm trying to make it as oh, little I, about I, crimson legionnaire as possible i think i think you and holy teaspoon are having a lot of fun thinking <laughs> about the game uh but playing it i'm not sure doesn't sound like it to me well so what's the reason let me ask you this. What do you think is the reason that other Mahawk players are not using it this way? Uh -huh. Because the idea of you getting commodities just being like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, kill the second infantry to turn the commodity into a trade good. I'll just get a bunch of commodities and then either flip them, right. you know, or, or trade them away. Why do you think people are doing it the way they're doing it? And not this way. Well, I don't know that anybody's doing anything because I don't think anybody researches Crimson Legionnaire too. <laughs> so well, you don't have to. It, actually, this doesn't have anything to do with Crimson. Oh, Legionnaire I guess it's just 2. Crimson Legionnaires. You're at right. all. But, but this this is not a Crimson yeah. Legionnaire two thing. Um, so the reason I would say is that I think I think this would be a lot more obvious if you were going to have Crimson Legionnaires die on you in the early game. Yeah. 
where you're still trying to buy stuff like cybernetic enhancements is something that Holy Teaspoon brought up. Yeah. Not to say that cybernetic enhancements has no value in the later game, but generally by the time we get to the point where a lot of Crimson Legionnaires are dying later in the game when we're having more ground combats and things are coming to a head more, uh, the idea of just using that momentum to flip the commodities is worth it because people aren't so willing to trade right. with you. Unless you you're not doing well, right. in which case, fine, throw, throw out what I'm saying. Yeah, in the late but, game, you can't make trades happen because people are now suspect of people getting more trade goods on their sheet. So the value of generating your own money is pretty real. That makes sense to me. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's, that's kind of the only pushback I, ha- I have to this. Now, in a world where... Uh, you know, some control objectives come out early. We have more combat that happens than normal in the early game. Then, then sure, I think I totally see the idea. Of this I even think personally in my own games, uh, if I were to ever play Mahawk again, I would consider like, all right, well, let's just try and take some commodities here and see what we can buy with it. Um, but the idea that like this somehow justifies the investment in Crimson Legionnaire 2, which to be fair, I'm not really sure that's actually what Holy Teaspoon is arguing. No. I think Holy Teaspoon is just trying to say that this effect uh, is good. And I think I will give Holy Teaspoon that the idea of not converting the commodities into trade goods and just accruing commodities is probably a smarter use of the ability. Yeah, But I don't think it makes the ability significantly better or I don't necessarily know that I really buy any connection between Crimson Legionnaires and the wider point he's trying to make about commodities in general. I think, yeah, we're very used to the idea of you gain commodities and then you try and flip them over into trade goods, but you can also just trade them for for stuff. Right. But how much, what stuff, like cybernetic enhancements is a really choice example to use. I feel like you kind of picked the exact right promissory note to say, <laughs> for, for this imagine, yeah. <laughs> you know, any of the promissory notes, like let's say the one that would be perfectly valued for this situation. Um, but how many others are there where you just get a couple extra commodities and you're like, oh, I can trade that for right. this and it and it be a, a good trade or whatever. And I'm, I'm not saying that cybernetic enhancements is the only one. I'm just saying you can make your argument sound a lot more compelling by picking the best example for the use case that we're yeah. describing. Right. Yeah. Not every promissory note is just sold for some sort of raw value. And not every promissory nothing. note would you even want to buy yeah. with your commodities. So there's a lot of promissory notes where you're like, I don't want to buy that. I yeah. just want to get my money. I right. just want to flip my my commodities over right. and get resources and influence out of it. I'd so like yeah, I do. I do think that if your point is a little more abstract, like people should be more creative about you know what they do with their money in TI. Totally agree. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I, I think, and, and their biggest point too is in the early game in general, outside of like the Mahawk Crimson Legionnaire consideration, just in general, in the early game, people should be more willing to hold on to commodities because industrial planets by nature tend to generate more value than converting commodities does. You know, the, 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 the offers you get through industrial planet explorers are better with commodities. And so that should be a point of consideration. The thing about that though, is the the whole in a world where like I, I wouldn't encourage someone to x minus one random commodities that they gain off of yeah. their sheet and i think that might be something that holy teaspoon is bringing into it that i don't necessarily play in my games if yeah. i have spare commodities i'm just trying to flip them 
I'm not I'm not giving you money to to wash my stuff. I'm trusting myself to figure out how yeah. to turn these around or spend them honestly in the way that Teaspoon is describing, like with um, being able to get a mech from one of the right. exploration cards yes. via a trade good. Yes, fantastic and a, and a good use of it. But yeah, definitely, I would say don't don't if you if you end up somehow you get two commodity spare commodities from a random card. Don't give someone one of those in order to wash the other. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's, no that's a bit of a waste, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that is all of our priorata, which means it is time we're doing back to backs this week. I get to talk about the Argent Flight a bunch. I get to just scream at you about this uh, very good faction. Oh boy, we get to talk yeah, about one great. we like. <laughs> we get to be excited today. Um, all that's to say, I've I've realized something about our show recently uh and and why we get sometimes the feedback that we get uh and it's it all comes from a good what place. are you apologizing for it no are you no, no, no 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 i'm justifying you, my actions you need to get a tattoo too um. <laughs> all right we need to be rougher all right meaner uh i we think need. we come at this show or and, and i come at ti from this mentality what could go wrong in my game or with any with any given strategy where could this fall apart on me and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of our audience uh, looks at factions and 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 dreams and goes, "What's possible?" They're what, so young. What could They're I just do? Young about it, you know. <laughs> and we're old. We're old. We're old, adults. broken men. <laughs> old and broken. And they're like, well, it's statistically, it's really just about trying to have the least bad game <laughs> instead of the best one. You know what I mean? That's how we 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 want to play least bad. Yeah. All right. Right. And the audience is like. But sometimes you just got to hope on a wing and a prayer yeah. and then it all lines up and you and you win. And that's great. <laughs> I've never seen that happen. Not once in my life. <laughs> uh, so so this Argent guide will definitely have some of that. in. I'm, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time. Abilities that you think are great. I'm going to go. Eh, ooh, 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 it's OK. Uh, and and you're right. that They're great. And I'm right, too. <laughs> and we can both share that. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's get into some overview stuff. Yeah, so we start with uh, one carrier, two destroyers, but they're not regular destroyers, yeah. um, two fighters, five infantry, one space dock, one PDS. Not bad. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's pretty good, uh, especially we, we will get to it in a minute, but those destroyers have capacity, which means really... We have two C5I to start with. We, mm-hmm. we call we call two C4I the golden standard. You want two carriers and four infantry, and you go take a bunch of planets. We can do that. We we are fine at doing that uh, because our destroyers have that capacity. Right. Um, and then as far as starting tech goes, uh, it's a little bit interesting, right? So you can start with two of the following tech: neural motivator, Sarween tools. Or plasma scoring. Yeah, this is the weirdest start in the whole board game. Uh, the only thing like it is Winu, where they get to pick one starting tech, and you are demonstrably better than Winu at their thing that they were supposed to get. Because uh, you get to pick two techs. Now, you are limited. They get to pick any zero thing. You have to pick one of specifically these three. We will talk about tech paths later, uh, but suffice it to say, there is kind of a right and wrong here. Um, to a certain extent, of course. Uh, there, there's going to be games yeah. where you want to do different stuff, but there is definitely a commonly agreed upon. Basically, you start with Plasma uh, and Sarween. You have the Mentech starting tech, uh, which yeah. is pretty good. Uh, their home system. So it's three planets. Um, one of them is called Valk, and that's a 2-0. Uh, another one is called 
Avar, which is a 1-1. One, one. And then our last planet uh, in the three-planet home system is... Oh, wait. I just got a correction on the pronunciation. I'm going to call it Weiler, but I'm being... I'm sorry, Absol. <laughs> Absol sent me something saying, hey, you were, you were wondering how to pronounce this, and here's how it's pronounced, and I forgot. Uh, but it's a 0-2. It's so we got it's a 2-0, right? one, one. Elier? 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 Uh, oh, so you're jumping in here? So you're also going to get in trouble with Absol now? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to call it Weiler. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we got two zero, a one one, and a zero two. So three planet home system is not our favorite thing in the world. Uh, it is not really. It is better than the Hakan home system. It is exactly one influence better in the best way possible. Our zero one became a zero two, uh, which is going to be mm -hmm. good for command counter economy. And also, we have a thing that will more or less override the problem that three planet home systems have. Uh, Hakan yeah. has a whole like, oh, space docks and how do I get enough ground forces on all my planets? And Argent Flight is like, oh, hey, I built it in. I just have that. Uh, and we'll talk about right. it in a second. Uh, commodities are just three. Um, so kind of your average trading faction. Let's get into their abilities, though. What is Zeal? All right. So Zeal is our first ability. Um, Zeal reads as follows. You always vote first during the agenda phase. When you cast at least one vote, cast one additional vote for each player in the game, including you. Yep. Uh, and as noted in our pre-errata, uh, if you listened to that, how, I wonder how many people skipped the pre-errata. I'm so interested to know that. If you skipped the pre-errata, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's not a may. You do this. So your, your first yes. vote, depending, if we're talking about a six player game, your first vote is seven votes. Straight up and right. down, and then add right. to that from extra planets. Uh, and this is a beautifully constructed ability because voting first isn't very good, generally no. speaking, but we get all these bonus votes to vote with, which kind of turns it around. So you're going to see people say both things about Zeal, and everybody's right. Sometimes Zeal rules, and sometimes Zeal is like your bit, is your drawback. That's your problem as a faction, is Zeal. So it really Yarr. goes both ways, it, depending on the meta and the agenda at play. Mm -hmm. uh, next up all is right. Raid Formation. Yeah, so Raid Formation. When one or more of your units use Anti-Fighter Barrage... For each hit produced in excess of your opponent's fighters, choose one of your opponent's ships that has sustained damage to become damaged. So this is a very cool ability, but is it has so many conditions in there. So it, they, Dane has greatly reduced its uses. First off, yeah. if they have a big fighter screen, you're probably still only just killing fighters. Um, now right. you're you're a destroyer faction. That's that is one thing we know about us is we have special destroyers and they're wicked good. We're about to talk about them, but just know, especially with this ability, we like destroyers uh, because we can chew through dreadnoughts and war suns and advanced carriers and titans, uh, Saturn engines, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's it. I mean, we only hit sustained damage stuff. And I just said it wrong because we do not deal a hit with this. Those units become damaged, which is important to note. You cannot use direct hit on these units, but your opponents can't use shields holding or anything like that. You just do you. you this damage is done and there's and there's no going back. Nobody can alter it. Right. And nobody can do anything about it. You just get to do that. So it's it's pretty cool in that regard um, and leads to some crazy crazy uses uh in like what i would say is the mid game before people have like massive fighter screens up 
Large production capacity is usually something that pays off in the late game. And so in the mid game, you're looking at a lot of carriers with just like two infantry and a and a dreadnought to protect it. And you get to kill all the fighters and the dreadnought and ruin people's chances to do a lot of stuff. You, you can be an incredibly aggressive faction, but this also can be used really defensively, especially once we upgrade <laughs> our destroyers. Hey, Matt, teacher Matt, I have a question. Okay, yes, Hunter. Uh, what if they don't have any fighters? Can I still do anti-fighter sure barrage? Yep, you roll anti-fighter barrage no matter what. Technically, you can always roll anti-fighter barrage no matter what, period. Straight up and down. Whatever. For fun. For fun. You just can just roll fun. it to see how many hits you would have gotten if there had been fighters oh, there. Um, so if there, if, if there are units with sustained damage, you get to still just roll it. There's not. It is not a pre prerequisite for anti-fighter barrage that there be fighters. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Uh, give me the deets on them strike wing alphas, our special destroyers. Yeah, so we have a special faction unit. It is uh, a destroyer. Uh, it is called the Strike Wing Alpha One. Um, it has normal anti-fighter barrage uh, that, that is two on a nine. Uh, it costs one, so still cheap. Uh, combat hits on an eight uh, in regular combat, that is. Uh, movement two like normal. Uh, here's the new thing. <laughs> Sit down. Capacity one, baby. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Very crazy. Uh, I mean, this is basically a cruiser two. And then we're, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about the upgrade. It really does become, I mean, it, it it's it's a half cruiser two, half cruiser one with anti-fighter barrage. It is definitely right. better than cruisers. There's a funny world where like we might want to go cruiser two as well. But I, that, I always find that as a hard sell because it's like I could build eight units that are better than cruisers. Uh, right. and just have that be kind of like the brunt of most of my fleets. But yeah, that capacity is a huge deal, especially round one. And even like a lot of our early game can go crazy because where normally someone has to build an extra carrier for three resources and then two more infantry to do more expansion. So they spend $4. We spend $2. So yeah. half price for, or I guess th you could say $3 because it's two for two destroyers and two infantry. We need to have spent three bucks to get it. So, you know, it's a little bit cheaper and we have that double movement right off the bat. So we are crazy expansionistic. We can go wherever we want in the early game and, and pull off a lot of maneuvers. Uh, and if you ever see people say Argent Flight is broken and they are they are absolutely insane, it's because of this. It's because they're in their right. early game is wildly impressive to watch. It, they, they get so much stuff. It seems absurd how many planets they can pull off uh, nabbing in round one. Yeah, totally. I just love them uh, because they're like jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. Like the Strike Wing Alpha basically does a little bit of. I mean, I guess there's not bombardment. Could there be bombardment? <laughs> Can there be bombardment too? Uh, and there's no sustain. Actually, it's missing a few things. But these are. It, it's. It feels as when we get to secret objectives, you'll will you'll really feel it. Yeah. How much these things basically do a little bit of everything, and right. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is that flagship? Yeah, so the flagship is called the uh, Quetzalcoatl, mm -hmm. I think. Yes. Maybe. You that might it. be right. You did great. Um, cool. Uh, so it is, uh, as far as flagships go, on the normal stats, is a little bit on the lower end. Uh, cost eight, hits two on a seven, so a little worse than normal. Movement of one, capacity three, so everything else normal, and it has sustain, of course. Um, but the ability. Other players cannot use space cannon against your ships in this system yeah it is immune to space cannon pretty so, cool so that's cool we're not going to talk about it very much because right. this is inherently 
not a defensive ability at all. It's basically exclusively offensive, unless you have like mm-hmm. a crazy PDS neighbor, right, or whatever. But generally speaking, this is kind of required to be an aggressive unit. And like, we are not lacking for aggressive units. And right. the Quetzalcoatl doesn't have the movement our other aggressive units have. And ignoring that space cannon, like we're the ones that are killer at space cannon. It, it's not that common that we're we're up against somebody else who we're super worried about their space cannon. It's right. possible, but also like we have destroyers that we're probably willing to sat. You know, destroyers and a couple fighters. Like we're just not generally especially worried about space cannon. So Quetzalcoatl does not rank very highly for me, given the faction that owns it. It'd probably be a pretty decent flagship if it were going up against <laughs> the. Uh, the Argent because, flight. Yeah, the, the yeah, but, right, right. But m- myself having it, I, I don't know. I, I do it. I, I'll build it if I need to unveil my flagship, but I'm generally avoiding it. Um, right. And and especially, yeah. we're going to get into this later, but like we have the high viability to be a War Sun faction. So if I'm spending a bunch of dollars on a unit, it's a War Sun, not my flagship. Cool. Uh, the mech is the uh, Airy. Airy? Airy Sentinel. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. <laughs> Um, you have no confidence with any words today. <laughs> I'm not a word guy. So all right, formate, formation, formation, formation. I like, I like, I talk. Okay, and when I talk, I don't see words in my brain. So <laughs> just because you might think I'm a good talker, which I know a lot of people do, because we have a lot of people that are only fans of me of the show uh, that I've discovered lately. Actually, that's not true. But I hope you exist, and I want to organize <laughs> you. Come on. Join the club, all right? He's your lawyer. Uh, Come on. You, you gotta yeah, be Yeah, I'm fan. your lawyer. Uh, so, normal mech, uh, cost two, combat uh, one on a six, has sustained damage. Here is the ability. This unit does not count against capacity if it is being transported or if it, or if it in a space area Uh-oh. with one or more of your ship's that have capacity values. Now that is a typo I just found. <laughs> I don't know if that's on the home. I think I'm not is. reading. No, I think Argent oh, has really? a goofy typo. Yeah, I, I think that's part that's of it. That's funny. So we get that little treat uh, for the Argent flight. But yeah, this that is a lot of ways to word a, an ability that, that essentially means these things can exist in space more or less without capacity. Now you can't send a, uh, a mech with just a lone cruiser one. Right, one cruiser, one, and a mech don't get to go gallivant across the galaxy because it needs to have capacity. But right. our destroyers that have capacity can have a, the destroyer, a fighter inside the destroyer, and then my mech. Right, that right. gets to go with it. That's how this mech works. It's it's like it just kind of chills right behind the destroyer and and flies around with it. Yes, uh, Matt. Uh, so, so how many of the mech? Like, so you just said. Uh, so we have a destroyer carrying one fighter. And then a mech can tag along. Is it just one mech? No, all four. Yeah, you can you can have a you can have a destroyer, a fighter, and four mechs to go take a planet. Now, if you think wow. it's pretty ridiculous, and and it can get even crazier too. Like in in late game scenarios, if you're you're sending four destroyers and four fighters, that's going to take out a surprising number of fleets. And mm-hmm. with four mechs riding alongside it, that's going to take out a surprising number of ground combats as well. Uh, right. So those four units, which 
Um, we're going to talk about fleet supply some later, but uh, worth noting, four ships is not very much in fleet supply. That's not a big fleet supply, and we can still decimate a lot of units. Uh, so right. yeah, the, the mechs are what give us an advantage in ground combat, where otherwise we would mm -hmm. have nothing. Uh, we, we have nothing contributing to our ground combat, except our mechs are pretty crazy. Uh, so the positioning of those mechs ends up being really important. I also wanted to point out, this completes our trifecta of uh, space mechs. We have the Nomad, right. with the mechs that can sustain damage for your flagship. We have uh, the NRA mechs, which can deal damage in combat and do crazy bursts of damage. And now we have the Argent Flight mechs, which aren't a part of the space combat, but if you survive the space combat, contribute greatly to uh, your 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 final battle. Worth noting, too, within that, we went in with four destroyers, right? It was a close fight. We were only left with a single destroyer. We, we made it out by the skin of our team, you know, just, just barely. That's okay. We still have four mechs to invade the ground. It does not right, matter. Right, right. It's still... That's, it's a, still that's a cool... Down. That's a cool thing. Hey, you know what? Hmm. Uh, bia baba booey, baba booey. Welcome to uh, a quick segment uh, <laughs> tier list uh, that we're going to do of the space mechs. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's do a quick tier list. This is a podcast within a podcast. Uh -huh. uh, the theme song was just me saying baba booey <laughs> twice. Um, welcome to it. I'm yeah. the host, uh, frequent guest and collaborator, Hello. Mart. I'm Mart Martins. Mattins. Uh, Mart Martians uh, here to rank Argent. I'm gonna put Argent as number three. Um, it's funny. Number three. That ain't no tier list I heard of. We oh. start with the S tier. All right. <laughs> all right. What's the S tier space? S tier is NRA. Like with a bullet. Uh -huh. Yeah. The the yeah. the bonus damage from those mechs is is ridiculous. Um, okay. What's in the A tier? A tier. You know what? I'll put both Nomad and Argent in the A tier. <gasps> but I'm gonna give an edge to Nomad because I think it. It, because it genuinely helps with the space combat and because it helps with the hero parade, there's like lots of, you know, exponential factors that go into mm -hmm. that. Uh, whereas the Argent Flight one is like, yeah, it's really good, especially considering you have these destroyers with capacity, which means there's all these extra units they get to just hang out with. But I don't right. think it ekes out Nomad. But I'll put them in the same tier. Why not? Okay. So they're both A tier with the edge... So with, with Nomad being like A plus A tier, plus, yeah, and Argent, and, is and a. Argent being like A minus And given tier. certain scenarios, Argents are going to look better than Nomads, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. Given, given, given conditions, whereas NRAs, always better all the time. Okay, okay. Here's my tier list. Okay. S tier, uh, nothing. A tier, <laughs> NRA mechs. Uh, I don't put anything in the S tier for free. Okay, you have to pay me. Uh, a tier, NRA. B tier, nothing. C tier, Nomad and Argent. Tied. <laughs> that's the end of my tier list. Anyways, uh, that's been impromptu tier list. Baba booey, baba booey. We'll see you next week. You made this joke, Hunter. Someone is going to come into the comments and vehemently disagree with your idea that Nomad and Argent mechs are C tier. Re completely overlooking the joke. That's going to happen. This yeah, I don't care. Uh, so it was a tier list of three things. I could distribute it however I want. Four right? tiers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. It's, it was a pretty dumb joke that somebody is going to <laughs> not get, but that's okay. All right, give me the promissory note. Okay, promissory note. It is called, uh-oh, we got a word that I'm not ready for. Strike wing. <laughs> Okay, so strike, yeah, that's a word I know, like you're bowling. Wing, like a bird wing. 
And then there's this other word. Uh, I'm going to try. It's no, shut up. No, ambus- shut up. Shut up. I'm going to get it. going to get it. Ambuscade. 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 It's ambuscade. Ambuscade? Uh, That's not ambuscade. a word. It's ambuscade. It is. It means like to ambush. Uh, okay. So here, let me read the ability. When one or more of your units make a roll for a unit ability, choose one of those units to roll one additional die, then return this card to the Argent player. This is fine. This is fine. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do the commander in a second, and I, I kind of want to return to the promissory note when we talk about the commander. But just suffice it to okay. say, this is this one's not. It's not great. Uh, we will talk about it in trade and meta of how you try to sell this one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty lackluster. Yeah, it's just it's just a die. It's mm-hmm. just one just one extra, extra die. die. Uh, as people have noted before, like. There are other abilities that let you re-roll dice, and re-rolling is always better than getting one extra. Uh, so right. uh, re-rolling is better than adding one value to it as well. Re-rolling is the best thing you can do, especially with things like uh, Space Cannon, where you're like hitting on a 50% chance, right? Right. Um, so let's get through the agents, or the, the leaders, starting with their agent. Yeah, so their agent is uh, Trilasa, Aon Mirik. This was the worst... Arr! The worst episode for you to have to read all of these names because nothing in the Argent. I love. So what's funny about the Argent is uh, they are sort of like, what if Extra was designed uh, better, like as a base game faction? What if, <laughs> what if what if it was like a PDS agenda diplomacy focused faction that was mm-hmm. like that really worked a lot better? Uh, but yeah. what they kept is the lore of everything is way too many letters and unpronounceable. <laughs> yes, which is good. Um, so this is the agent. When a player produces ground forces in a system, you may exhaust this card. That player may place those units on any planets they control in that system and any adjacent systems. Yeah, this so ability. Cool. Uh, this is what saves our three planet home system that we were talking about right. earlier. I don't where where Hakan can only build their infantry at their space dock, and then they have to activate their home system and move those infantry to their other two planets to try to distribute everything, and it gets really ugly. Uh, Argent just every time they build ground forces, they put them in the three planets in their home system, and if they ever feel good about their home system, they start putting infantry and mechs uh, out on the peripher- on, on the the three surrounding systems to their to their home system or whatever. You just put you put infantry more or less wherever you want, uh, and it's it's very good. Uh, also, it is sellable. It's definitely sellable. We'll talk about that in uh, trade and meta. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so let's do the commander. The commander is uh, Trarakan Aun Zulak, uh, the Strike Wing commander. Uh, the ability text reads. When one or more of your units make a roll for a unit ability, you may choose one of those units to roll one additional die. I want, right now, a definition from you, Teacher Matt. I'm just a yeah. small boy. Yeah. What is a unit ability? What a does unit that mean? Ability, well, it's funny uh, because we can look at the back of their, uh, of their commander for some insight into this. Uh, give me that oh. unlock real quick. Give me the unlock. Oh, so the commander. unlock. Yes, yes. Good point. So the unlock is have six units that have anti-fighter barrage, space cannon, or bombardment on the game board. You just answered your own question, Hunter. Those are the, those are the what? those are the three abilities. <laughs> oh wow! It's anti-fighter barrage, space cannon, and bombardment. That's what a unit ability is. Yeah, 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, I love the flavor text on this commander, by the way. Nobody can fly like the Shakrai, and no Shakrai can fly like Tracking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, all right, give me that uh, hero. All right, so the hero is called Helix Protocol. Uh, action. Move any number of your ships from any systems to any number of other systems that contain one of your command tokens and no other players' ships. Then purge this card. Now, I just want to say, anybody that just heard that, pause rewind yeah <laughs> hear it take, again it takes pull it up take the card out look at it one more time yep. read it a read it eight times <laughs> it's yeah i don't i you know what i never even used this hero to very impressive design but but later when i was asking for pre-errata i saw some of the like theory crafting of how you can make this thing useful but let's just point out this is this is inherently a defensive ability uh you you, you move your stuff out you do stuff with that, and then as like as as one of the final actions of what those fleets needed to do, you pop this and you move your ships back to go like protect home or some important system, right? That's that's like uh that's kind of the probably intended use of this. But you know obviously, what I don't like what? in this hero is the use of the word move. <laughs> sure, move is doing a lot of heavy lifting because <laughs> they don't really move, do they? They like teleport. Right. Yeah. They're not. They don't move as in like movement. Right. You just Although move they them. D- they they follow the rules of move, which means ah, you can, I know it's, it's a whole. What did you do? I don't even actually want to. But but suffice it to say, if you have something like warfare or unexpected action or like a friendly mahawk that's going to do some timing window work with their agent for you or whatever, uh, this can become kind of a devastating, scary, offensive hero. Uh, you just really have to work for it. Um, the idea that you move a big scary fleet. Uh, somewhere and then you pull this hero off and you move even more stuff into that system that couldn't make it there originally and then you pull the token off the board and now that fleet is adjacent to like mechatol or someone's home system and then you attack with everything all at once that that's like where the power from this hero comes from but it's like it's like some other better heroes with multiple steps it's like you have to do more to make it work that way um yeah so it's, also it's, I just it's want... not it's not up there in, in terms of like being one of the best heroes but it has sure. its uses Sure. I just want to do a quick PSA and just say, though, I've seen people try and use this by just like activating an empty space next to another player's home system. And like, we got, come on, really? Like, all you got to do is it's no other player ships. Yeah. So you're going to do that. And then we're going to go around. And then when that other player, it's their turn, they just move, you know, a Uh, single destroyer in there. And they're like, all right, looks like you're not using your hero. Right. I I just feel like I see people try and make it work. And the attempts are just not like, this is not enough. It's not that easy. It's yeah. It's you don't get to be that cheeky with it. You you really do. Like I said, you have to work for this hero, but if you put the effort in, sometimes it can pay off. Uh, Let's get into their faction tech. Uh, First up, give me airy hollow lattice. Yeah, airy ho- hollow lattice. Other players cannot move ships through systems that contain your structures. Wow. Each planet that contains one or more of your structures gains the production one ability as if it were a unit. So that's, that's two fun. abilities at once. That's two things. So let's do yeah. the first one first. Uh, this overrides light wave. Uh, Pretty cool. Which is kind of the main. I mean, obviously, nobody could move through systems that contain your ships. But now you can just leave your space empty if you want to. You probably generally won't. 
um, as as the Argent Flight, although you definitely could, uh, especially yeah. once you have this tech. This uh, other ability, though, to give a planet the production one ability as if it were unit, uh, this heavily incentivizes never putting more than one structure on a planet because you do not get production two if you have two structures on a planet. It's just one. Mm -hmm. So you want every single planet in your slice to have one structure on it. Um, you know, that's that's six PDS and three uh, space docks. Not that we're going to do all of that, but like we can put production one on nine separate planets if we really wanted to. Um, yeah. And the other big benefit here is this faction tech alone, especially if we start with Starween tools, which we're allowed to do, it's only a one yellow prerequisite. So we can research this tech at any time and it solves our home system. We, right. we we haven't talked yet about the idea that our home system is really terrible production capacity. Our best planet is a two zero. So our space dot goes on that, which means we're only building four units when we build. That's very bad. That is basically the worst in the game. Uh, nobody has worse. You and Hakan both suffer in this regard. Uh, right. But if you get this ability, you also start with a PDS. The prevailing wisdom is to put a, your PDS on your 0-2 planet, because that's kind of actually your juicy one, uh, because it's really helping you get command counters. So space dock on the 2-0, PDS on the 0-2, your space dock provides four production capacity, and when you get Airy Hollow at us, you earn two more production capacity just by itself. So now you're producing six units per turn and that is more than enough to generally survive everything else if you plopped down a single other pds or especially if you put a second space dock in your home you're now like free i mean you're, you're going to be totally totally fine uh with production value so um I, I don't generally recommend two space docks at home i think i would probably rather have a forward dock and ho hollow lattice isn't even like a required tech we'll talk about it more in tech paths but the the idea that you literally always have access to it if you started with starween tools which we're going to suggest means you get it when you need it yeah cool cool love it um all right let's talk about the other faction tech this is the star of the show yep. imho uh, Strike Wing Alpha 2, the sequel. Uh, when will we get Strike Wing Alpha 3D? Um, okay, so uh, we upgraded. Uh, the cost is still the same, obviously, cost one. Combat hits on a seven. Movement is the same at a two. Capacity is the same at a one. Um, our anti fighter barrage, of course, get gets upgraded to uh, three on a six, which is cool. And then also, we get a little ability text here. When this unit uses anti-fighter barrage, each result of a 9 or a 10 also destroys one of your opponent's infantry in the space area of the active system. Kind of niche. Yeah. Kind of cool. It's uh, You say niche. Uh, I would even go one step further and say it's just that it's defensive. Uh, it's incredibly right. powered defensively. You're almost never going to use that specific ability offensively, although mm -hmm. you're using the Combat 7 offensively, so it's still a great unit offensively. And the best offense is a good defense, is what I'm calling this. You move, nope. you move, no, you it's move, the other way around. No, I know, but in this case, you move your destroyers out, you take a planet, you, you manage to take it. Now that destroyer helps prohibit the return attack the, the the retaliation effort right they want to get that planet back they have to not they have to survive this afb role of the infantry they're trying to take their planet back with as a football guy uh-huh um, as a and by that i mean a man made of footballs uh <laughs> i think it's a good de the best defense is a good offense and the best offense is a good coach. That's what I say. <laughs> or it should be the best offense is a mean coach. 
<clears throat> Anyways. Uh, so yeah, the, these, these Strike Wing Alpha 2s, we absolutely want them. Uh, they're not hard to get. And on top of our many other defensive capabilities, these uh, are, are really, really, really good and uh, scare people off real, real good. Um, so the, the, the last thing I want to do before we take a little little ad breaky break is we really never got to talk. We didn't talk about the uh, the, 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 the lore again. We haven't talked theme very uh-oh. much. Uh-oh. Do you need me to br- bring out the lore I real need quick? you to real, just as fast it. as you can, Hunter, just like read me the entire sheet. Just read all, you know, just right now, read the whole thing. All right. Uh, so I, I can do it real fast. So there are these guys. They're called the She Cry, and they're birds, uh, and they live uh, in space in a giant space nest all right and um th- you've got your blue jays you've got your robins you've got your mockingbirds and you have your whales uh and whales yeah the ecology of the atharal taurus is a biological wonder many animals no, what are you doing many are you doing? Wait, wait, wait i have to prove this point i many was getting animals- it i was getting it <laughs> go for it there's whale why <clears throat> A ring of breathable air in orbit around forests. Three worlds orbit in the center of the ring, and the Shikrai say their winged ancestors used to fly from world to world. They used to fly in space. <laughs> uh, in the millennia since their return, the Argent Flight have worked hard to colonize the three worlds and the smaller chunks of rock. <laughs> uh, uh, that drift between them. They like rocks, okay? Uh, numerous flocks of Shikrai live throughout the Taurus. Uh, that's a T-O-R-U-S, which is, I don't even know what that word means. Um, each flock focuses on a different trade or calling. Oh, that's cute. They're organized like houses in Harry Potter. Uh, (laughs) and any member of the Argent Flight can join or leave a flock as they choose. Oh, that's, you get to just, there's no sorting hat. Uh, their actions are coordinated by the murmuration, a council of representatives from each flock who direct the Argent flight from their spindle tower, Sanctuary on Avar. There's that wh- was a sampling. This faction has uh, space whales, though. Uh, many animals have evolved to travel between the three worlds. Some, such as the toll whale, even spend their entire lives soaring in the gas ring. We have this whole bird space, the space bird faction, and and they just they left a little teaser of space whale for the space whales. There's, I, I'm I'm like desperately searching the artwork for these planets to see if there's like the image of a whale in it, and I am I'm being let down that they did not put a whale. Well, it's come on, it's gonna be in the next one, the the next expansion, which is gonna be called <laughs> the Prophecy of Kangs, and and it, it'll be space. You'll whales. have we'll a whale it. of a time. All right, yeah. let's go take an ad break. So let's get into strategy cards. Um, yeah. And again, uh, if this is your first guide of our new our new format, we're talking about game long. I will try to make some round one considerations, but I'm talking about how I how much I care about these things um, all game long. So first up is leadership. We talked about uh, we're kind of a destroyer focused fleet, uh, which kind of intrinsically means we have a little bit of a need for extra fleet supply compared to what other factions tend to care about. Now, right. our Strike Wing Alpha 2s rule, as we just stated, so it's not like you need six fleet supply. You don't have, you don't necessarily have to go crazy. You can actually do quite a lot, even with just four fleet supply. Although, 
getting more is always nice and makes you even more powerful. So I, I put leadership in there as being kind kind of important, um, more or less all game long. Um, uh, and generally, too, uh, we are a custodian faction. We care very much about the, the, the custodian token. So something like round two, we're, we are, we are a faction that likes the politics round one into leadership round two to take the custodians, right? We want to do right. that. So early game, it's very important. Mid and late game, it's neutral to important. Um, and then obviously last round, we want to have good scoring order, all that. So it's 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 good. It is good all around. Uh, diplomacy is an unlikely pick for us. Uh, we are a structure. We 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 do not have to be a structure faction, but our commander lends so much to our uh and our, our space cannon defense and offense that. We might as well be a structure faction, and area hollow lattice rewards uh, us having lots of structures structures down if we want to go for that tech path, uh, which means construction is always decent for us. For, so in a six-player game, uh, if if it's between Diplo and construction towards the bottom, we are generally more interested in construction. Um, ad additionally, we don't have anything impressive to Diplo. There's some factions where it's like oh, I got a four or five planet, uh, res or f five resource home planet. We don't have that. We have two. Like w anything that we can diplo is outside of our home system. Our home system stinks to diplo. Uh, so and we're building like cheap fleets too. So we're not like trying to afford anything crazy. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see it. I, I do not see an argument for diplo. I got one thing I want to throw out though, because uh -huh. um, I recently made a mistake of taking Diplo round one and enabling yeah. one of uh, my neighbors uh, to take the custodians round one. Yeah, and I will say if you are Argent and diplomacy gets taken by someone else, or yeah. if you decided, well, no, you would. I think you would actually need someone else to take it. Yeah, uh, custodians becomes that much easier. Yeah, you don't have here. you don't have six reliable influence within two planets although you definitely diplomacy can definitely get you six influence to take well, see, but you got you, but you got two at home you know what i mean so there's right. quite a few systems that you could right take that would then enable you to get up to six influence definitely um the only issue there is getting the mobility with diplo you don't quite have the mobility to then get to mechatol round one you lack, oh, you yeah. lack well, that so I just I, I'm I'm just talking about the secondary for round one. Who sure. knows what you took? You know what sure. I mean. Um, so uh, also the other point to mention there is not only are, like do we care about construction? We need construction to be taken. So if construction isn't get like we we don't care about specifically doing the primary of construction, but we really want it in a lot of the early rounds. So mm -hmm. to that end too, again, if the choice is between Diplo and construction, we're taking construction because we need construction to pop. <laughs> not For because sure. we like really want to do the primary. Uh, next up, politics. Uh, as we just mentioned, we really like the custodians token. We also just all game long really want... Uh, we're not inherently a like hold Mechatol all game faction, although we definitely could. If you if you got a PDS or two down on Mechatol and like one adja one or two adjacent, like you're you're gonna do all right holding Mechatol. It's it is not out of the cards. Um, and Imperial points are very important. Uh, towards the end of this episode, we are gonna talk a lot about our tenth point, the extra point uh, that we care very deeply about, and we focus on that all game long. And it starts here. Honestly, it starts round one of us trying to get the custodians point. And if we don't get the custodians point, it is the attempt to score one point off of Imperial and politics obviously helps us do that. The other 
thing to mention is our zeal shenanigans lead to a thing where it's not like we are great at getting really, really high value, like elect player agendas. Those are those are very bad for us. We're never going to get mm-hmm. them. Uh, we might get paid to get them to somebody else, but we will almost never get something like Imperial Arbiter. That is incredibly hard for Argent Flight to get, which means we would like to take politics and burn those because we don't want other people getting those abilities necessarily either. We would rather put trash agendas on top that nobody's going to care about, and we maximize the output of our zeal ability. That's significantly better for us. I want to point something out that if you sell the speaker token to your right, or yeah, yeah, if you sell it to your right, then zeal wise, you'll be in the same position that right. you would be. You would just be first You're to vote. So that's anyways. like that's a cool thing. When you <laughs> sell it, you kind of cancel out your disadvantage right. by just having your disadvantage, right. but normal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, construction is next up, and like I said before, we just we need it to be picked. Uh, it really, really, really stinks when construction goes a couple rounds without being picked, especially early. Uh, like the game hunter took diplomacy. Uh, nobody took construction the first two rounds. Kind of ruined all of my momentum as Argent. It's the only game I played mm-hmm. as Argent where I really uh, just fell apart and things didn't work out for me. Uh, and it's because I didn't get my early structures to lean into my intense defenses. Uh, so you really want construction. So if you're sixth pick, take construction. If you're third pick and two better strategy cards got taken, you might take construction. Uh, those two better are questionable. I'm definitely going to talk about tech, uh, kind of like politics. Uh, those are probably my top two gets round one. We'll talk about tech in a second. But like construction might literally be number three, given the right scenarios. The big thing with construction is we care very much about our potential round one for some aggressive PDS stuff. You're not going to do it every single game, but you absolutely can go take an equidistant with your destroyers because they have two movement. You just get there and then you pop construction and you put two PDS down in that system. And now you have a really scary PDS network adjacent to your neighbor. And the second you get PDS two, which you start with the prerequisites for, so you can literally research PDS two at any time, you have like this horrifyingly scary thing two pds plus plasma plus your commander is four shots on a six how often do you unlock the commander on round one is that i guess that wouldn't be that hard it's especially incredible with they are one of the easiest commanders to unlock round one you build yeah. you start with one pds and you start with two destroyers so right. that's three yeah. out of the six units you need you build if you if you put down a pds or even two pds you only need to build one or two more destroyers destroyers you can even just build three destroyers round one and unlock your commander honestly the construction primary sounds like a pretty baller opening for them two pds here's what here's the my the best thing you could do with construction primary is move this all relies on map builds right and like do you have planets in the equidistance i don't know but if you do i would send one destroyer to the equidistant one destroyer adjacent to mechatol in two separate actions take those two planets and then oh put a PDS God. in each. And now you scare people going to Mechatol and you scare your neighbor with the Equidistant. And you you have like, and both of those planets secure your slice. Ugh. It's pretty devastating what they can pull yeah. off with a decent PDS. Yeah, that's grid. messed up. And, and there that are plenty of up. games where you focus on the PDS grid first. Like literally, you can have your PDS grid done by round two. We just put those two PDS down. We have one at home. We put one more off the secondary in the center of our slice, round two. You can call yourself done, and now you go get really aggressive, and you have planets that are still hard to take. 
Oh, this sounds like a fun fact. I want to play this. It's really, fashion. it's really fun. Uh, so yeah, there are games where we focus on that PDS grid very fast. There are games where we don't focus on it, but we are still always paying attention to it. You want to get these structures down. They are very important to you. Um, next up is trade. Trade's weird. I, I don't, I don't need it. Here's our issues with trade. Round one, you have two destroyers, but you don't have a trade ship. Uh, your two destroyers are part of your expansion. You're going to take planets with those. Now, if you live in that scenario where one of those planets you get to take is adjacent to Mechatol, I mean, is, is, is an equidistant, then cool, you will probably end up adjacent to one neighbor. But it's decently likely that you may still have just like no neighbors round one. So you don't have anybody to trade with. If you don't take trade, you're, it's hard. It's just hard to make money off of trade as Argent. You don't have a ton of sellables anyways. And also... Our fleets are a dollar. Like our, our ships, the ships we want to build, we want to build it's all cheap, eight of our yeah. destroyers before we do right. anything else. And that only costs $8 over the course of however many rounds it takes us to do. We don't need money as much as we, I mean, we always need money because we like saving up trade goods, right? Because any faction would. Although we'll talk about it later. We don't really care about stage twos. So we're not saving up trade goods for any big thing in the late game like you just don't need the money you don't need it you 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 pull off a lot very cheaply and there are right. other things you can focus on than trade if you get trade that's fine getting some money is good but it's not even a top four pick for me god that just sounds so fun to like build to be playing argent and you're like building and you're like okay i need to need to build some stuff what's uh what could i do that would be substantial uh let's see i've got two dollars uh that's a pretty good build let's do that yeah two dollars two dollars three destroyers all the fleet i need for all of round two i'm done <laughs> oh i forgot they start with sarwee yeah. they're so they're like oh my god they're like penny pinching they're the best yeah they're very good uh and yeah we're gonna talk about that round one two dollar thing in just a minute uh next up is warfare Warfare is never a priority. I don't care about warfare all game long, except for we mentioned that thing with the hero, right? The round you want to use the hero, I guess, look for a warfare opportunity. That's like it. So like a late game consideration for warfare and the rest, it's just bad uh, because we have high mobility. So we're not using warfare for extra mobility that is necessary. And honestly, the, the, hard, com the hard truth we need to have about strike wing alphas and even strike wing alphas twos is like yes we're really good at sniping stuff we're really good at going and taking stuff that does not mean we are good at sustained aggression i can't move four destroyers lose two in the combat invade the planet with two more destroyers pull that token and expect to accomplish anything else with those two destroyers that are left yeah that's fair right those aren't going anywhere useful um so i i I generally don't see the point in warfare because when we are doing targeted strikes, it's a like, goodbye, destroyer. I wish you all the luck in the world. You're right. going to do great things for our economy. Good. So long. And that's it. Like that. You just and then eventually the person tries to take it back and that's it. Those things sit there and defend until they fail. Yeah. Strike wing alphas hit hard. They don't have a lot of soak. You got yeah, one capacity exactly. and you probably need to bring some infantry or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess your mechs right. can hang out for free, but are you able to just get your mechs into the right spot all the time? It's so hilarious how greedy you start to get as Argent because you start to look at your mech and the mechs are great value, but you look at it and you're like, am I going to spend $2 on a ground force? I got great <laughs> ships for a buck. Come on. You can make a better deal than that. <laughs> Give me something good. I want two infantry for a dollar. 
Yeah, so you get cheaper, <laughs> yeah. basically, is what you're saying. It's like you play the game and you're like, okay, so this is all cheap fleets, but I don't know. Yeah, I could go infantry. I could go lower. <laughs> no, I, I'm, yeah, obviously I'm obviously kidding. I'm obviously kidding. What it really means is you, you generally have the excess income to easily afford mechs, and it's not a big right. deal. But I definitely have felt that in games where I'm like, am I going to build a mech right now? Or could I do something else with that money? <laughs> you would you would feel that way. This is kind of the perfect faction for you because you need, like, just to be able to hit hard and go take stuff early. Yeah. And for your anything having to do with economy to be as Who simple cares? as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is technology. Uh, technology I prioritize in the early game and really stop caring about, maybe even in the mid game. Basically, we're going to get into tech paths and there's sort of like a core we want to accomplish. And after that, I don't care about the extraneous techs. They are not a priority. Um, if I can just like luck myself into it, I'll go for them. But I'm definitely not. Fo they do not change my game enough. I start really good. So the things that we're going to talk about later, like assault can and an integrated economy, th those don't do enough for me to like focus on. So I really, really, really need my core. I need to get those strike wing alphas as fast as possible. I really want PDS2 as fast as possible. Once I get kind of the, the baseline, maybe I'm just done with tech for the rest of the game and I don't care. And I only research tech if tech objectives require it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of Argent is everything you need is very shallow it's all right there and it leaves you in range of two and two colors and three unit upgrades and all that, all that stuff you can get at any moment you can get literally right. every other thing if you get the basic tech and so then it kind of becomes up to you you focus on tech as much as you want to so yeah round round one uh it's my number one pick actually um as as i talked about with construction that round one pds2 can be really devastating so if somebody else is definitely taking construction which is the more common thing to happen if you took tech you can research pds2 not lose out on any money and we're going to talk in just a minute about how much two we have two bucks at home that are is going to add to our expansion um so the free tech goes incredibly far for us because we're going to be able to take like up to seven planets oh god you're right okay i see where you're going yeah we're gonna we're gonna Ooh. talk explicitly about run round one when we are done with all the strategy cards but tech uh is like a major staying power kind of thing to take round one explicitly so so we yeah, awesome. we desperately love tech round one mid game we like it because we want to finish things late game eh, whatever it's I, I can take it or leave it um but yeah t tech is by a country mile the number one get because of what it gives you every opportunity. <laughs> Literally every right. single thing you want to do, you do with tech. Uh, right. And then last up is Imperial. We sort of talked about it with politics. We are we are needy for this. We got to find a 10th point. That 10th point being a non-stage one public, a non-secret, and our non-support swap. Right? right. So we need one 10th point. So at some point, we probably want Mechatol and to score a point off of Imperial. Or, what do you mean by a 10th point? Because you win with a 10th point, but what, what, why I do, mean do you mean that you extra, get it last? Like I, I just said, understand. the extra point, we can we can score our 10th point in round two as our second point when we take the Custodian's token or whatever. Our 10th point can be our first point. What it is is, like I just said, outside of that nine-point framework we laid out in the victory points episodes, right? Five stage mm -hmm. ones, three secrets, and one support swap is nine points that we can reliably get as the Argent flight. And we are building the rest of our strategy around finding point number 10. And that happens somewhere in the order, anywhere. Ideally, oh, okay. as early as possible. 
You're talking about guac points. I'm talking about them that's guacs, them. baby. The guacamole. You want that guac on the points. side? That's like something I came up with on the stream. <laughs> uh, I was I was streaming and I was like guacamole. I love it. I love it on everything. <laughs> and so and 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 they were like, well, wait, what are you? Why are you talking about guacamole? And I was like, well, guac points. You know, like the extra points. Like it comes extra with the yeah. You know, you have to pay for Hunter, it. What you're was your... such a comedic genius. That's so good, guac point. How do you come Guac up points. With, how do you come up with this stuff? I mean, the, the people well, are always asking. I listen, you know, <laughs> to the people around me. I listen to the stuff they say, and then I repeat it in different contexts. Like yeah. this guac points thing. I heard some idiot say that the other day, <laughs> and I'm actually just repeating it here to steal what he said. Some dumb guy. I was. You know what's funny to. is you're you're making that joke because you're trying to point it at me, but somebody else said guac point in chat, and I stole it. From oh them. no! So Whoops. now you're calling somebody in chat an idiot. How <laughs> oh, rude no. is Hunter? Everyone, point your no. fingers and point. Rude boy, rude boy. All right, let's talk about round one explicitly now because we've we've talked about our guac, we've talked about our flock. It's time to get down to business. <laughs> the guac flock. <laughs> Uh, round one is crazy for Argent Flight. It's ridiculous. We have a 2-0, a 1-1, and a 0-2 at home. That 1-1 and the 0-2, oh, that's perfect. Look at that. Three influence. When leadership pops, we get another command counter. Oh, fun. Easy peasy. We have $2 left. We are heavily encouraging you to start with Sarween tools because it controls all of the... Re Even if you don't care about ever getting another thing that requires a yellow tech, Sarween tools establishes this round one and gives you tempo to pull off everything else you want. So Sarween is almost a critical starting tech because of what it does to this round one. We we have $2 left over. With Sarween, we can build three resources worth of units plus anything we find along the way, right? Industrial planets might make us some money. Hazardous planets might make us some money. Trade, somehow we might find money across trade. It's hard, but it's possible. Um, mm -hmm. But the extra command counter means we get to treat our faction as if they have four command counters and tactics at the start of the game. Because we're not going to get stalled out by leadership. We, we, we have three command counters we and a strategy card of yeah. our own. Right. We're, do right. We, we're doing leadership and getting to use that tactic token. Uh, which means we can move our carrier to one system adjacent to home with a couple planets, maybe even three. Uh, if we're lucky, if we get like the, the wriggles. Uh, then our two destroyers can go be another activation. They could even be two activations if it's two single planet systems. Uh, and then the secondary of warfare, we can build two more destroyers and two infantry. And guess what? That hits exactly our production capacity of four that we have in our home system. But that in itself is another 1C2I, right? We can, without even breathing, without even thinking about it, we can be a 3C7I faction, and we can easily take oh. seven planets round one. Oh. And with any, with any PDS that happens, th all of that is well defended. It's not like, oh, you Matt, you stretched way too thin again. It's like, no, I feel pretty fine <laughs> with what I did round one, even mm -hmm. when I take seven planets. Um, well, so in this seven planet situation, you're not getting PDS too, though, right? Like, Well, if we took tech, we are. <laughs> Yeah, okay, if we so that's like tech, a, the baller opening. That's like yeah. the thing is we put, we did this. What I'm proposing is we have tech. We do the secondary of construction and warfare. We have a PDS at home. We have a PDS in an aggressive position. Both of those become PDS two, and we have seven planets worth defending. Ooh, it's fun. bonkers. It's ridiculous. 
Um, yeah. There is an alternative path here outside of the PDS2 shenanigans. Uh, and, and it's alternative if you didn't take tech yourself, right? If we didn't have tech, it means we have to forego one of those things, right? Because we, we either don't do tech and don't get PDS2 round one, and so we do construction and warfare secondary. Or in some cases, maybe you don't do the warfare secondary and you give up a little bit of expansion and you still do the secondary of tech, but that requires you to have found two more dollars. So that's like the more difficult opening. Most likely, the most common thing you do round one is warfare and uh, construction secondaries. And you can skip tech round one if you're not going to get the money for PDS2. And maybe you're a little bit less aggressive with those PDS positionings. Although, if you mm. know you can get PDS2 round two, you might still go for it. But generally, if I can't pull off an aggressive PDS2 round one, I divert my attention to AI dev in round two. And I'm I'm focusing more on PDS close to home to just like keep all of my stuff really, really heavily locked down and defended. Wow. So those, those are... Your two alternate paths, basically. One is like go as far away from home as you can and put really terrifying stuff there and make it even more terrifying with PDS2 or secure your slice very, very easily and get units at home behind to do even more. You don't even have to send the extra destroyers out. Or alternatively, too, worth noting, you don't have to build the two extra. If you're not going to do more expansion, you can just build three destroyers and immediately unlock your commander round one. So yeah, we have a we have a crazy good, crazy, crazy, crazy good round one. Let's use that then to transition into talking about this tech path we sort of keep hinting at. Uh, it's actually really simple. Uh, it's it's reassuringly <laughs> very simple. You can make it as complex as you want to, and people can go crazy. I'm going to recommend the simple path because here's what I found with even just the simple path is the simple path covers all of your bases. And no matter what objectives come out, you have an easy time scoring all of them. Trying to get fancy with the, the tech path almost always cuts you out of some possible objective that can come up. So if you go, if you go red-green as your start, you start to miss out on the potential of some of the objectives. If you don't right. focus enough on construction, you miss out on structure objectives, and it really hurts your game when those come out. So, so crazy things can happen, but if you just stick to the basics, if you stick with the fundamentals, you are almost always rewarded uh, by the by all of the objectives you see in in the game. Awesome. So you're saying plasma sarween is the starting tech Absolutely. to go with? Yeah, plasma sarween. First off, the easiest and most obvious way to explain why plasma sarween is the way to go is. Our faction techs are a tech that requires two red and a tech that requires a single yellow. So I don't know why we would get a green tech <laughs> in the mix right. if we are just looking for... The Both of those techs are good. Strikewing Alpha, mm -hmm. obviously better than mm -hmm. uh, than Hollow Lattice, but really you're fine with... You at least like having access to both. And I have not been able to figure out what green gives me access to without some skip scenarios that we will talk about. Patience opened my eyes up to the possibility of hypermetabolism, and we'll get into it. But even that, I'm not much of a believer. I, I, I see some value, but I think you're making sacrifices going down that route. I think you don't make any sacrifices with Plasma and Sarween. Uh, the biggest thing is Plasma and Sarween does everything you want it to do, and it makes War Sons viable. Like, very, 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 very viable. Oh, war sons are cool. Yeah. All the cool kids do war sons. And remember, we have a dirt cheap fleet outside of everything else we want, which means if we can get a stockpile of money, we can buy a war son. We can afford it. 
uh, if, if we find just like the right amount of money and AI dev is going to help with that a lot as well. So Neural and Sarween, the only argument I ever found to go green yellow is the idea that with AI dev, this opens up your ability to get fighter two and it sort of makes hypermetabolism possible. But what you sacrifice is that war sun viability uh, and you sacrifice losing plasma, which plasma is good for your space cannon and your bombardment. And some people can, I see the argument why plasma might be overkill, right? My commander already adds a die. Do I really need to add another die? The answer is actually, yeah, it's pretty good because all of those dice are still only hitting on like a 50% chance, right? Or, or maybe a little bit bet, like a, a 60% chance. Um, mm -hmm. Adding a die is definitely always valuable. We've all had those space cannon rolls that completely whiff. So like three mm -hmm. dice can feel terrible. Four dice can sometimes tip the scales in a way that like really changes things for us. So right. I like getting as much of that stuff as I can. Plasma plus commander feels not win more to me. Well, okay. I'm going to put my math hat on. Um, so... What, uh, the, the, it's like a coin flip every time you add a PDS shot in right, it, right? Right. Which means, uh, and then the coin is a quarter. So it matters what kind of coin it is. So four PDS means we're guaranteed one hit every time. <laughs> guaranteed? That's, that's what it means. <laughs> that's what it means. Four. No. Because no, it's a quarter. Because here. it's a quarter. Because it's a quarter. So that's 25 cents. <laughs> four times it makes a dollar, which means. Every four hits, we make a dollar. every time you have four, every time you roll four dice, you get one automatic hit. Statistically impossible for you to not get a hit. This, that's that's math. Four quarters is a dollar. Yeah. This is for uh, our European and Canadian <laughs> listeners. Although I bet Canadian listeners know how American money works because they know everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to real quickly uh, the plasma neural thing too. We're going to talk about hyper but you sacrifice hollow lattice uh, but there's an argument some people make of deciding to go scan link instead here like making your base yellow text scan link there's a little bit of value but i don't i don't really like it so let's from here on out let's assume red yellow for the rest of our tech path we ignored plasma neural, sarween uh, yeah. plasma sarween red yellow plasma sarween is what we started with so what are we doing with that well we just laid out a lot of reasons why we might get pds2 round one yeah. So that's always that's always an option. At any point, we can get PDS2. Our first other tech outside of that, whether we do PDS2 or not, we're going to get AI development algorithm. Uh, first, we need we technically need two reds to get our strike wing alpha. So we just want that. Uh, obviously, AI dev means we're not really using the AI dev ability to get strike wing alpha too. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's okay. We're going to use it to get war suns eventually. Because now that we have two red and a yellow ai dev is all we need to get warson twos there's even uh, i think it's stads was making cases for the idea that you should get warson two first you should do ai dev into warson two into strikewing alpha and then build your first warson basically i don't th there's a, that's a that is a timing thing more than it is a like the economy shaking out because right by the time you have it all you have the two upgrades regardless so the warsons cost nine dollars sarween two from ai dev Maybe you got PDS2 before that. Maybe the War Suns are only $8. Your War Suns cost as much as your flagship. Remember when we talked about that earlier? Super good. Um, I remember that. But regardless, I don't want to get into like the specifics of that because you can get War Suns whenever you want once you have AI dev. Play, play your game. Uh, let's talk about the other techs you can get whenever you want with a baseline of Plasma, 
Sarween, and AI Dev. You can also get Cruiser 2 whenever you want. If you want to play Cruisers, play Cruisers. They're good. They're fine. Uh, as I mentioned, your Destroyers hit as good as your Cruisers, so... I don't always see the value, and your cruisers aren't contributing to your biggest weakness, which is low soak. So I don't yeah. prefer cruiser twos, but you know what? Some people find crazy uses for them in the mid game, and I get it. And it keeps your cheat, it, it keeps your fleets really cheap. So maybe you like it. Uh, you also have access to hollow lattice whenever you want it. You started with a yellow; it only requires one. So whenever you need to fix your production capacity problem, you just can. And then you also can technically get Space Dock 2 whenever you want, especially when you get Hollow Lattice. You don't even have to use AI Dev for it. I don't love Space Dock 2, but it's also another way to further save your production capacity problems. If you have a really bad combat out there with all your your Strike Wing Alphas, the, the dice go the wrong way and you lose like five destroyers, it's pretty nice to have a ton of production capacity at home to instantly refill all of those destroyers. Yeah. Uh, um, I will... I want to ask, can I just ask some questions real quick? Because yeah. I'm just wondering about, so is Megan dead? Is there just no room you know for Megan in any of this? Is people, I've seen people talking about, so so the other tech we like to go for sometimes is Assault Cannon. Assault Cannon mm -hmm. is pretty ridiculous with our Strike Wing Alphas. Three Strike Wing Alpha yeah. plus Assault Cannon is an automatic hit and then 15... <laughs> AFV. Most of the battle happens before the battle yeah, starts. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Most of the battle is before the battle starts. Um, but without a red skip, the question is, what's the other red tech that we get to get Assault Cannon? Because we can't use AI, AI Dev for Assault Cannon. And I've seen people talking about uh, SAR, self-assembly routines, yeah. for those extra mechs. Yeah. We have good mechs. I am perpetually in a state of thinking the value of self-assembly routines is not there. And I think we're playing a PDS grid faction with infantry that can get put wherever we want right we have mm -hmm. a home system a bit we have an agent that lets us just kind of pop infantry kind of on any of our planets which means it's very likely that we can have like a pds and one or two infantry on almost every single planet we control in our home slice mm -hmm. i think there's an argument for mage in defense grid yeah i think it's there on. if you really want to start playing with welcome the welcome back i know if you want to go into the late game stuff i would prefer because here's the thing Self-assembly routines is good if you invest in it early and you start getting those early mechs out. If I get self-assembly routines in round four, uh-uh, that's a waste of my time. And self-assembly routines is absolutely a luxury tech. So if we're in this right. luxury world, I would much rather in round four research Majin and Assault Cannon than self-assembly routines and Assault Cannon. I had a feeling, I, I had a feeling <laughs> that it made a little realistically, bit of Realistically, in my world... If I don't have the red skip, I'm not going for assault cannon, and I'm not going for. Yeah, Legion. I hear you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm skipping I, I totally it agree. To, to just. But with the red skip, we like assault cannon quite a lot. Uh, so that is absolutely worth mentioning. With a blue skip, guess what? With this exact same tech path, everything else we've lined up with a blue skip, you can get dreadnought two. You have a yellow. AI dev skips one blue. The blue skip gets you dreadnought uh -oh. two. You don't need to research a single blue tech, and you get dreadnought two. And guess what? Now you get to use that extra special bombardment you have. Oh, uh, we're kind of good at bombardment, aren't we? Yeah. We got one dreadnought. It can bombard three <laughs> plasma plus commander. I can do math. Yeah. Wow. It's ridiculous. Uh, green skip is where we talked about the oh, maybe you start with neural and you get hyper. But again, I think. We don't need Hyper's contribution to our command counter economy. Honestly, I don't even buy the argument that we are starved for command counters. Because like I said, even on just four fleet supply, we can pull off quite a lot. Getting more is great, but let's just try to do that with leadership. Let's get leadership once or twice in the game, and we're probably fine. And I, and mm -hmm. I think what we sacrifice 
going with a neural start is greater than what we gain with hyper. So okay. I don't like it. Uh, the last thing to talk about, though, is the yellow skip, which gets really juicy <laughs> with this tech path. This is, we are 100% in luxury tech territory, though. This is uh, somehow you, you came across extra tech stuff. Or especially if you get Mauve Worlds, I encourage you to get Integrated Economy. <laughs> because uh, uh, obviously, also, if you get Mauve Worlds up, uh, actually, Lightwave is probably way, 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 way better. Well, no, I want to hear your Integrated but Economy. But this thing. is like the one chance Shut you get. Shut up, Lightwave. Exactly. <laughs> we know how good you are. We don't need to hear about it anymore. <laughs> this is our chance. Uh, let's say we, and even with just a single yellow skip, let's say we did Sarween into Hollow Lattice, and now we can get integrated economy we build cheap fleets that's all we've been talking about i go take a system remember when we, <gasps> remember when we just talked about the idea that i send four destroyers to die I, I i only have two left in the space not if i build two more off of integrated economy uh, it's like it's like our we have bad soak but not if if we build if, if we, we build, build rebuild soak. our yeah. cheap <laughs> or you know our cheap fleets then whatever i never got to test this and i don't care i'm in i'm in <laughs> next time i play Argent i'm Flight, i'm going for it I'm I'm in. I'm sold. That this is Shark Week now, and I'm the guy that says I'm in. I'm in. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about exploration. Um, I don't love it. It's there's nothing impressive there. I I can't even make the argument for why you would get Scanlink. Um, because we we really want to start with uh, Sarween. Uh, and the the big thing though is what did I say earlier? We might take seven planets round one. So <laughs> to that end. We do great initial exploration. Like, we were better at the first wave of exploration than everybody else. We might be able to right. go steal a planet from someone else just to get the exploration and be like, don't worry, I'll leave. But I just wanted to I wanted to steal your exploration, basically. I wanted to see what it was going to be. Yeah. I just wanted to see. <laughs> That's and pretty look, look mean. That's like pretty it. aggressive. But it's certainly... I mean, you could basically take a bunch of the systems in adjacent to Mechatol that everybody else didn't take round one. You could just go take theirs at the beginning of round two. And, and steal that exploration or whatever. So you, you can get like nine exploration planets done and then just be like, okay, I'm done with exploration. Um, wow. To that end, we lack an economic, a strong economic engine. So any uh, fragments that you get, you might just put on the market. Although mm -hmm. the other argument that always sits in the back of our mind is if we draw the secret objective to purge two relic fragments, that's like one of the only secret objectives we're not very good at because we're bad at exploration. So like maybe if you get two relic fragments, hold on to it until you've secured your, th your three secrets. Once you get three secrets you're confident in, then you can sell your relic fragments for some money. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, I don't think we're getting a relic in this game as Argent. It's pretty rare uh, that, that we can pull that off. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, I think I think that all makes sense. I think also from what I'm hearing here, yeah. Uh, if uh, let's say attachment objectives come out, we're probably better off just like stealing those yeah. from other people, right? For sure. Like, yeah, we do not. Know, yeah. we, we're not searching for them in the exploration deck. We're looking for other people's attachments and stealing them from them. For sure. <laughs> we're mean. <laughs> we're super. We can be really mean. And what's so funny about that? Let's let's talk about how mean we are because we let's talk about trade and meta. Uh, we are not an economic powerhouse. People don't have anything they want to buy from us. Like, they don't come to market. You, you, Nobody cares about what you have. You have to push your wares on everybody else. Um, okay. So let's talk about all the things we can push, and then we'll talk about how we can be mean and make money anyways and not care right. that we were mean. Um, so first mm -hmm, off, mm -hmm. what what is sellable that we have? All right. 
I sort of glazed over it and I said I was going to talk about it when we talked about the commander and I never did, but that's because I saved it for right now. The promissory note. Your alliance is the same exact thing as your promissory note, except your promissory note is is once. So a single die. Wait, so what does it do? It adds, adds one, one die, die to a unit. to an ability roll. Okay. And your, your commander does the exact same thing, only they just keep it active and they always do that. So obviously, right. your promissory note is just the like, I've already given out my alliance, but you want the ability too. And the other thing of note is the most valuable your promissory note is ever going to be is when someone wants to attack somebody else and that person wants it for an extra space cannon roll. And guess what? You can't sell it to that person. Oh, right. Not active player. Not active no. Player. So Uh-oh. that's not very valuable. You have to sell it ahead of time. That sucks. What's more valuable, but more dangerous because you're playing with uh you're playing with points here is giving it to someone who's obviously on the hunt to win an afb to kill all the fighters off of afb or to make an example of the world kill like bombard all the units your promissory note can help people do that and you have to sort of see them going for it and say hey buddy you want to score you want to guarantee and especially with make an example right We've all we've all done the bombardment where it's like I'm I'm they've got one infantry I got one dread I can try to roll two dice and try to kill that infantry and you get to step in and say hey what about if you rolled three dice what about another one what well and you know if you roll four dice because a quarters twenty five cents makes a dollar four four quarters one dollar one guaranteed hit yeah even if you don't get one you're actually guaranteed a hit and I come in and fly in on a helicopter and say no that actually was a hit I tip one of the dice over. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, promissory note's not very useful. So let's talk more about the alliance then. Uh, this one has a very variable price uh, because some factions- Very variable? Very variable. Some factions don't care about it at all. I- I'm looking at somebody like, I don't know, maybe like a Sorrel, right? A Sorrel might not have hardly any dreads. A Sorrel doesn't really have any destroyers. A Sorrel doesn't really have any PDS. Like, well, the way you're saying it, it sounds like a Sarl doesn't have anything. Yeah, a Sarl just doesn't build units and doesn't win the game and, until they <laughs> play 10,000 action cards and definitely do still win the game. Uh, anyways, the, the there, there are factions where they're like, I don't even want your alliance. It is literally useless to me. And then you have factions like Jolnar, where if they got a hold of your alliance, you broke the board game. You broke it's it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> now, I like it. If you can swap with Jolnar, okay. Now we're now now we're talking. If you if you can do a well, that's irresponsible on Jolnar's part. How <laughs> dare they? Suddenly, so uh, basically, I would say you have to keep an eye on the value. My goal, honestly, with the alliance is to not give it to anybody too powerful, and find that middle ground. Like I would like to do the alliance that's like, eh, this. Honestly, the most common thing I did is the alliance was to push someone over the edge on a deal I couldn't make otherwise, mm-hmm. or like. I need to buy the speaker token or something like that, right? So, something right. where it's just like, I got nothing else to give you and you have a little bit of value. You could potentially see yourself getting out of this alliance. But right, like, you're just trying to get them one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break. <laughs> I gave it to Titans one time and I, I did not enjoy doing that. Now I did a swap with Titans, but it felt like Titans absolutely got the better end of that deal, but it was sort of a- Oh, you're giving it a bad review? It was a timing situation. I swapped with Titans and I, and, and this is like Yelp, but for Twilight Imperium. I swapped with Titans and I did not like, the service was horrible. It's more like my DoorDash app driver. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right, so then let's talk about our agent because we really glazed over that earlier. Um, a lot of the game, you just want it for yourself because you are desperately trying to solve your home system problems. However, 
Sometimes you just solve your home system problems. Or sometimes you get hollow lattice and you're like, I'm not even worried about, I put a PDS on every system around my home system. You literally couldn't come to my home system if you tried. I hollow latticed right. it. You don't get to, right. so you don't care about what's in there. You're going to defend it in the space anyways. Uh, and in that case, your agent is absolutely sellable. And I missed all kinds of opportunities to sell my agent that I definitely could have been paid like one to two trade goods for. I don't think you get much more than that because they're not getting value out of it outside of, oh, I pushed my, you know, my infantry into a spot one further away. Absolutely look at Hakan, though, if they're at your table. They are desperate for this ability. Uh, and they sure. might pay Also, Hakan has money and could probably yes. pay two trade goods. But I would say, I just want to say, don't. Don't come to me asking for two trade goods for use of this age. I'll give you a trade good for it. I'm not going to give you two. I know, exactly. Unless, sure, if I'm playing Hakan, then yeah, It's maybe. a tough sell. We, we're we're penny-pinching on our own building, and we're also penny-pinching on like, come on, don't you want, just for like a dollar, won't you just take it? Hey, hey, come on. <laughs> it's just one destroyer for me. Just take my take my stuff, please. Um, okay, let's talk about the where, where the real stuff happens. And sometimes, also, it doesn't happen. Uh, zeal in agendas is super super duper weird um i cannot offer you solid advice here because you need to know your group uh and you need to know your meta and you need to know what how people value agendas uh because it's just gonna be weird but here's here are some things that seem to be decently universally true about zeal or at the very least here are just my thoughts on it going first is bad because five people can always override whatever you vote especially if it's the first agenda uh, or maybe even more so if it's the second regardless like you, you just it, it doesn't matter people people can override their your vote if they want to which means your bonus votes are generally speaking better for someone else you look at the fifth player in voting order and go hey how bad do you want this because I can really tip the scales yeah I can give you 12 votes at the drop of a hat right you give them a good start, and then now they maybe only have to buy one other player's right. votes. Think of it Bam. this way. I vote first. I put 12 votes on a thing. Player two goes, I probably can't even get my votes bought, and I definitely can't get it either. I abstain. Player three does essentially the same thing. Now it's between players four, five, and six. Then the bidding war starts, and they're on losing ground with whoever you're trying to, whoever you sold this to at the get-go. Right. So then they only have you and one other person can win a lot of votes with your bonus votes. You can't mm -hmm. win votes by yourself with your bonus votes. But with one person on your side, especially if it's the right person with the right amount of influence, you can absolutely win more or less any vote you want to do. So your votes have a value just not for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's where you make money. I didn't do this often enough. I got lazy in agenda phases because I, I think about too many things in a game and get distracted. And I'm just like, whatever, seven votes on that. See you later. And I, but there's, there is room to sell them more, especially if your meta is like, we like playing around in the, like we like being very active in the agenda phase. You can probably make some stuff happen. Um, especially yeah. as soon as writers get played, uh, you, you can do all kinds of stuff. Cause now there's weird new incentives on the table anyways. Um, also on the nothing burger agendas, you just get whatever you want. You put you put even just your initial seven votes. A lot of times, everybody else will abstain, and you just like whatever. Okay, it went. It went the way it went. On the first, they just don't care. Nobody cares. And on the very first agenda, everyone wants to save their votes for the second agenda, anyways. So this is why taking politics is cool. Because if you can at least put one nothing burger on top, you can make whatever you want happen with that nothing burger. Uh, because, but it's a nothing burger, Matt. It's a what nothing are you burger, even but at least you get to make sure the nothing burger is in your favor. Because it's always kind mm -hmm. of affecting someone. So you never get hurt by a nothing burger, basically. 
Okay, okay. Uh, but then on important agendas, you never win. So that's where you're paying somebody else. Um, you are also... Uh, we, I was sort of mentioning this, but like you are the only player, the only faction, who can really capitalize on paying attention to everybody else's vote totals. Because here's how most people vote on agendas. They either abstain or they vote one vote because it's like a thing where you need to have your vote be a part of it, right? Like, oh, I just need to vote for so that I get the action cards or something. Or they vote all but one of their votes, right? That's like the three ways people vote. And there's almost no middle ground there. You, however, with your seven votes, can spend three influence worth of planets to make it ten votes because you see that, like, player over there only has nine votes. Like, you, you can look at players' vote totals and easily outnumber, like, a single player to turn the tides in, in a different favor. So you, more than any other faction, can look at the board state and go, I'm not just voting one plus the six, right? I, I could vote a couple extra planets and still get my bonus six votes next time and have plenty of votes to sway the second agenda. So I just want you to keep your eye open for first agendas where you can get fancy with how you vote and, and see how that might turn the tides. Voting first has more power than some people give it credit for. Uh, and, and I think you can, you can actually accomplish quite a lot with that voting first. And it's not always accomplishing agendas. Sometimes it's making money. I have a take on this, though. You need to be a little precise about how many votes you throw in the thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I see like an Argent player, I feel like, try and play this strategy, but they'll just do the seven. You know, you vote, you vote one plus exactly. your six. And if it's the wrong, if, if everything's kind of distributed evenly, you've got a lot of players with, with plenty of influence, then that's just not going to exactly. get anything It actually doesn't do that. anything. I will say, first, first agenda, you should always vote one. You should never abstain from the first agenda. It only costs you Definitely. one influence. So yeah. even if you're just like, I don't care, well, I'll still put one plus six in whatever direction I I agree about. with that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, sometimes it's just so nothing that you, you literally aren't doing anything. And sometimes you want to get a little precise. Let's talk about the other way to make money, though. And that's the, that's the mean way. Let's get mean. Let's get mean. We, yeah. if, we, if we played our ideal technology round one, we have PDS in, like, really mean areas. And they're very yeah. scary to people. A single PDS is three shots uh, attacking them. If we get a grid going, it's all sorts of additions to that, right? Now, you can absolutely make some cash from offering to not fire that PDS to anybody trying to do stuff. And you need to talk about it actively because, and we're going to talk about this later again, people see you so defensive they go, I'm not even going to mess with that. That That's a whole nightmare and a half to try to go through their, yeah. their space. So you have to make sure they know, hey, listen, not firing is on the table. If you need stuff, you come talk to me because we can make a deal. Don't just see my defensive stuff and, and assume that's the end of the conversation. Sometimes mm -hmm. it is if it's you're taking something important from me, but otherwise, you can pay to avoid this PDS too, uh, and people will take you up on it because the, it's it. I would offer something like two trade goods, not to fire PDS. Now it depends on what they want, right? Depend if they're getting a point out of it, then okay, the conversation changes or whatever. But you this this if anything is where you make the most money, and I'm not mm -hmm. even good at it. I'm saying this as a person who didn't hardly do it, but I know it can be done. Without, I mean, it, it, I, I've I've paid other people not to fire their PDS because I really care right. about the thing I was getting. So I, I know that there is value, 
But the big thing, like we've talked about with everything else, is you have to put yourself out there. Because no, nobody else is going to think of these things, generally speaking. I mean, playing with, like, a lot of really, really smart players, they're thinking of every single thing all at once, whatever. Sure. I, I can't do that, though. I need someone to offer me the deal before I think of yeah. the deal. So be that yeah. for other people. Offer your services to them. I want to throw in uh, two cents here real quick about uh, pricing of these types of things. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion of stuff like whether I shoot PDS or like if I'm playing Empyrean and we're talking about Aether Passage yeah. where you can allow them to move through your ships or whatever. I only, char my, I only charge one trade good basically across the board unless, and this is a big unless, unless I can tell by the way the other person is playing that this is for something kind of big yeah. this is for a secret this is for an objective like that and then the way i price it out is what they can afford yeah exactly hunter and generally hunter i hit look me at me with an aether passage the other day and it was like three trade goods and it's like how, how convenient <laughs> i have three trade goods he's like yep give them to me do you right. want this and like the reality is it, it was my only path to victory so yeah of course right. i'm gonna and hunter knows that i was mad at him but i couldn't blame him it was like oh yeah okay Yes, I'm giving you more than it's worth, but it's worth the victory well, you know, to me. So you know, a point, a, a point is actually worth probably more than three trade goods. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. I so would have like, paid you probably like almost any amount of trade goods I had on my board. I would have right. paid you in that moment because see, I needed it. I would say just as like a just like a general, I don't know, like meta thing. I try to to think about okay, here's what this player has. This is for a point. I'm gonna ask. I would say one below what would be super exorbitant because what I could have said is three trade goods and like your trade agreement or three trade goods and a promissory note on top. But I went one below the literal maximum of what I could have asked for <laughs> <Right>. you, <laughs> which is generally what I, what I try and do if it's for a point point. Yeah. and that gets really messy when we, when it comes to a rich faction right. and I'll still ask, like if, if you're Jolnar and you've got, 10 trade goods and we're in right. round five and i can tell this is for a point well sorry the price is 10 trade right. goods like well and with those factions they barely earned those trade goods anyways right, right. so they're kind <laughs> of like well all right it only took me two other people activating me so whatever here you go i guess right <laughs> <laughs> uh let's talk about commanders super fast and and by that i mean uh alliances we might be on the hunt for uh we mentioned jolnar earlier that's a big one. Getting to re-roll any of our ability dice, huge, huge deal. Uh, I would like to also call out extra uh, because that's even more bonus votes that we can do crazy stuff with and we can't be prevented from voting. So we get to play our riders and get all of these bonus votes to then still tip the scale towards our rider or whatever. So mm -hmm. that, I, you know, extra promissory note varies wildly in how much people care about it because sometimes it's just like it's just an agenda shenanigans but argent gets to also do agenda shenanigans and that makes this pretty high value i would say right um yeah and and honestly extra might really want that might be a pretty good alliance swap because if extra is focusing on their own space cannon those bonus rolls are doing a lot of work for them as well so that's a mm -hmm. pretty symbiotic relationship the last one and i'm really I'm giving some extra points to this because I feel bad for Arborek recently. Um, so I want to say that Argent really likes Arborek's uh, ability. If you went Hollow Lattice, right? You have all sure. these extra systems in your slice. Now anybody, if you went Hollow Lattice and War Sun too, I mean, and, and War Suns, War Sun too. Oh boy. Uh, if you went War Suns, anyone activating your PDS network could be a, a War Sun in their face. 
but yeah, also they could eat a war it also can just be a cheap destroyer that prevents their infantry from doing any like f that scares mm -hmm. all their infantry off so there's definitely value in arborex's ability to build a unit where you have production uh to th i think so i think you're making a good argument yeah. i think that makes sense uh the to throw out some honorable mentions uh nra is fine i i actually had a chance to buy it and i wasn't even wildly impressed i ignored it but there's some value in getting to um do some exploration on planets you take i just don't i don't think we're a faction where we're always taking stuff from other people we're not steamrolling opponents we're sniping stuff so when we take planets from other people it's like i don't know maybe you take like four planets from other people throughout the game because they're like precision like i need that fourth trait i need that third tech skip or whatever right but you're not sustaining mm -hmm. aggression against anybody which means the nra thing is only limited in its use but hey at least you're blocking it from somebody else i don't know there's, there's value in it um soul is just more defensive if uh, more defense is if you have the soul alliance on your sheet and people are looking at your stuff that's just another thing another reason for them not to attack you um it's win mm -hmm. more but sometimes soul has an issue selling that alliance anyway so if you got something halfway decent for it it's valuable to have the bonus defenses l1s if we ended up in that scenario where we had a blue skip and we have dread twos guess what the pds aren't a problem anymore and that was the only thing in our way uh hakans Here's a rare instance where, again, any bonus votes we can get is maybe actually doing some stuff. I'm not necessarily dying to spend my trade goods on these bonus votes, but sometimes it matters. I don't know. At the very least, there's the scenarios where Hakan is looking to sell their alliance during an agenda phase to pull an agenda in their favor. So they might give you their alliance for free, feed you some extra trade goods to pay you to have their alliance to do stuff for them or whatever, right? There, there's, there's crazy stuff that can happen. Uh, with with Hakans being in the mix, uh, Titans is obviously decent. I did a, I did a swap with them, and with with a Hollow Lattice Grid, you might be doing kind of extra builds per round. I didn't do that a ton. I'm not on I'm not on purpose reactivating my own stuff very often, but it certainly happens if you're just sort of redistributing your your fleets, which sometimes right. you need because positioning is very can be very hard uh, for Argent because you're not getting much more mobility outside of. Your destroyers having two movement. You probably end up with war suns with two movement. Like we're not really getting gravity drive, so we're not doing crazy stuff. So sometimes we have to like this turn I move my destroyers to this area so that next round they can strike out to the thing that's important to me. And so titans can be kind of useful. Muat is as useful as it ever is. Also, I would like to give a special mention to ghosts here. Why we have extra capacity units? Sometimes we might just have extra capacity lying around. We might go through wormholes and get the get the fighters. Very few other people are trying to buy Ghosts Alliance, so you could get it dirt, right. dirt, dirt cheap, uh, and it might actually work in your favor because that's soak. You may not have, you know, we're not very often building fighters uh, mm -hmm. because they're hard to get where we want them. Uh, right. But if we can just if we can just take our expansion just destroyers right with our infantry, and maybe we got a mech out to it, and we send that. Or, or not even with the infantry, but we send the destroyer through with a mech and we pick up a fighter along the way and that helps us in the space combat to then take that planet with that mech or two. There's some use there. there there's definitely more utility for us than most factions because we have so many more units with capacity. Okay. So yeah, our alliance swap is generally lackluster, but honestly, the big thing is if I can't get paid trade goods for my zeal vote, I can get paid a mediocre alliance. I can ask for your alliance for a, for a thing there. 
right? And, and then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, then it's my decision later on if I want to activate you and lose that alliance. Who cares? It's not a support for the throne. It's just an alliance. And I, so I might be able to earn some bonus abilities throughout the mid game that pay off. And then I sacrifice them in the late game. But I only I right. did them with my just my voting that I was kind of throwing away anyways. That's where I think the big power of zeal is, is in these things that people kind of go, I don't know, yeah, here's here's this thing for your votes. What do you say? And right. it's like, okay, cool. I'll take little small advantages as they as they come. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I really like the Titan swap, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I do think Titans gets a little something out of that. Uh I you probably get the better deal. I don't be know. Honest, than I, Titans don't, I don't know. I, I think Titans gets the better deal with with the amount of space cannon they can i mean the fact that with. you start with sarween and your units are cheap and yeah. now you're getting a trade good for it's producing. good i mean that's definitely like, good i i even just once around that was helpful um yeah if i had just if i needed my planets to score points the extra trade good on the build was definitely useful um the big thing here though is argent is such a defensive faction in all of these different things you can make all these crazy deals you can be aggressive because you have such heavy defenses to rely on that people aren't going to respond aggressively, right? People aren't going to come mm-hmm. take your stuff at, in retaliation of you putting a PDS where they didn't like it. Because they probably right. can't win that fight. <laughs> uh, and not only that, you don't have good stuff to trade anyways. So being an aggressive, mean negotiator doesn't suddenly mean like, well, now no one's going to buy your three commodities. It's like people were already careless about my three commodities. So... Right. I'm just pushing my money any way I can. I'm being as as ruthless and mean as I can because it's rarely going to come to bite me. Right. Uh, and all yeah. and the odds are just too risky for other people. We we were people were doing some numbers on on some combats, and it was like four destroyers and fighters up against some NES Duranium dreadnoughts of Baronies with like a destroyer screen of its own or whatever. Uh, the destroyers were a 33% chance to win. And the Dreadnoughts were a 60% chance to win, right? That's bad. That's not great for Argent, but that's definitely not good for Barony. No, that, no yeah. I mean, that's bad for exactly. Barony. That's Barony's not underperforming Barony's, in that. Barony's Dreadnoughts can go take that fight elsewhere and have significantly higher chances of winning. Yeah. So Yeah, raid formation uh, kind of makes NES sad. Yeah, oh boy, you know? you're, you're more or less a hard counter to Barony uh, if you mm-hmm. if you want to be. Their flagship does some stuff against you too, but... I, I, I want to point out the, just the, the, the thing about NES, because you might not understand at this point, and it's been a long time since we talked about it. That was like two hours ago we talked about raid formation, right. but... So you are... Each time you produce a hit in excess of the fighters, you are sustaining. It's right. not a hit assigned right. to... So, so even though you have NES, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Yep. That one hit is going to sustain that, and the next hit and, is going to sustain a different dread. And the power of Duranium NES is they get to repair their stuff, right? Except for repair, mm-hmm. Duranium repair is at the start of a round of combat. AFB is directly <sighs> after that. So you get to sustain all their dreads, and then if you can knock them out in that first round of combat, you're, you you take out a bunch of NES dreads. You, you, cance- you, you negated... Yeah. Let's say it's right. three dreads and you scored a bunch of hits. Like you negated three extra hits because those NESs didn't get to sustain twice. So, Ridiculous. And, and then you might, and then even if you knock out one or two of those dreads in the actual combat, it's like only one left. Like you, you like Hunter was saying earlier, uh, you do all your damage right away. Like you do your damage at the start right. of the combat, and then you don't sustain very good combats. Like your your destroyers only hit on a seven. That's actually not that great in the yeah. long term so you're trying to do as much damage as possible right at the start and and that's enough to scare anybody from ever trying it because you're one you're one coin flip from it just having completely turned against them if you get lucky and you get all of the good afb rolls and all of the good space cannon rolls 
they're completely done. They're dead in the water. Right. And so that's a risk many people are not willing to take. Yeah, a, a slightly uh, like a slightly not favored Argent combat yeah. that then goes in their favor looks devastating right. no matter what right. because it it's like something that that where they where they're they might not win yeah. it's like kind of close and then the fb the fb goes off the right way and then in the first round of combat they kill all of the plastic right like that's what it looks it's, like it's, basically. it's the idea of i had 33 percent at the start of this combat except for then i rolled five pds hits and seven afb hits and then once we actually went to the roll dice step of combat, I had an 89% chance of winning this combat right. from here on out. Yeah, so I started like not so great, but it uh, one lucky roll and it was over for you. Um, mm -hmm. So let's get into our victory point stuff. We talked about this decently, uh, but it's worth reiterating. We are good at every single stage one, all of them. Uh, the, the, the only one that hurts is three command tokens and that hurts everybody equitably that hurts everybody all the time we know none of us like right. spending three command tokens but we are good at everything else because we build cheap fleets where we, we do not have to spend our planets on stuff so we can do eight resources easily we can find five trade goods somehow it's it's not easy but we we just talked through a bunch of ways where you can kind of find little bits of trade goods here and there mm -hmm. all the control stuff we're good at uh, we're, we're good at it all. Secrets. Uh-oh, hey, guess what? We're super good again. <laughs> we're really good at all of them. Uh, drive the debate can be tricky. Purging two relic fragments isn't in our wheelhouse. Produce on mass is annoying in the late game when we don't get to plan around it. Uh, that's three secrets out of 40. Um, dread, five dreadnoughts can be kind of annoying, but sometimes we're going in that direction. Sometimes we have a blue skip and we're like, hey, dreadnoughts got cool today. Um, so three or four out of 40 secrets that we are not just good at, great at. The AFB, the mm -hmm. bombardment, the space cannon. We are the best faction at turn their fleets to dust. We get all these extra right. rolls. We, well, maybe not the best. I mean, Joel Nars up yeah, there, whatever. Not the best. Joel but we're Nar. great at them. We're great at them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so very good at all secrets very likely that we will score five publics and that we will score three secrets that is that is not mm -hmm. hard to do i don't mean to say that to despair i hate when people say that to me of like you do this automatically and it's like okay well then when i didn't do it are you calling me a dummy that doesn't feel very good it, there are game there are games where things go bad and that's why i want you to rely on this structure focus plasma sarween thing because i saw nine victory points all the time when I went that route, and the, and when I went neural, guess what? I ended up at five victory points because I got I got hurt on structures, and I didn't have all my other stuff where I needed it. The advantages I gained did not outweigh what I lost in the objectives, where it really really counts. Um, we're getting to eight easily. We're probably doing a support swap to get us to nine, which means we're really just looking for our tenth point. We're not good at stage twos, anyways. Because we can't hold on to stuff especially well. We can sometimes do right. okay, but stage twos really relies on staying power that we don't necessarily have. We are sniping power, which, and we don't even need the two points from a stage two because we got to nine without even thinking about it, right? So right. we just need one more point. Argent Flight is the best faction at getting to nine points. And I got called out for saying this in the Priorata conversations of apparently I said that about extra. And when I said it about extra, I meant they're good at somehow finding their way to nine points and dying and not winning. I don't mean right. that with you Argent. See, you meant it in a bad way. Yes. Like there's just no way they can get to 10. Right. Argent Flight, I'm saying they get to nine reliably all the time. And the only thing that makes or breaks their game is if they find that 10th point, which is absolutely doable, right? So our 10th point, our non-public, non-secret, non-support for the throne point has to happen. And we're not good at exploration, which means relics 
aren't a very good opportunity for us. We're not fishing for a support or for a shard of the throne, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to pull off the crown of Amphidia hunt, generally speaking. Right, right. So instead, we're looking for custodians. We're looking for the uh, imperial points. Agendas, right? We're not especially great at earning the big agendas that matter. Um, I played a game where political censure came up, lose your action cards to get the point, and I decided not to go for it because I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm playing kind of a neural game. I, this was the one where I didn't, I just ended up hating the tech path I went for, but I had chosen neural, so I was like, am I really going to give up my neural advantage by getting politically censured and not being right. able to play my action cards? That feels dumb. But it was a major regret of mine because you need every point you can get. Now, I don't even think I still would have earned that political censure because people will... I mean, you vote first. It's hard. Somebody else wants it more, and the last right. two people that go are probably going to get it. So agenda points can be difficult to get. I, I managed to luck myself into a seat of the Empire, but I think that was a rare instance of everything else going wrong in my game. So people gave me the free point at the end because I was in oh, last yeah. place. Oh, yeah. I played in that game with you. That was, yeah, that was that was very silly. Outside of that, it's very rare that you're going to get a seat of an Empire. And getting the better side of mutiny, maybe. Maybe you can pull on mutiny, but it, but my point here is to say agenda points aren't even especially reliable for you. The reliable points for you are custodians and imperial. So Mechatol Rex right. is in your sights all game. You need to strike any chance you can. You also aren't a very good uprooting faction, so it's not like you can go take Mechatol in the final round. We're honestly we're not really a final round swing faction. We mm -hmm. are a strike fast and early get the points and then have a position where people can't do anything to stop you in the late game we would rather right. get our nine points and be waiting on a status phase to score our final point where nobody can take our home system because it's there's just too many that's too good of a defense grid we, they can't right. do anything about it right Th those are the scenarios we're looking for as the argent flight we have ample defensive capabilities that all synchronize nicely so there's an argument that taking that early lead and still being able to leads to us still being able to pull off a victory we can be extraordinarily hard to stop in the late game if we just run out the clock <laughs> right <laughs> uh, and even with the action phases our sniping capabilities mean that in a final round our opportunities might dis disappear and our offensive capabilities can be outweighed by others' defenses. In the late game, people get their own stuff online, and you see the value of those destroyers go down a bit. With massive fighter screens and some dreads and all, like with, with enough stuff, your destroyers stop, stop looking very impressive. It's in the early game and the mid game that it's like, nothing can stop these things. How do we ever get past it? So you are so much better at, I argue, scoring those action phase secrets as soon as the opportunity comes up do it in round three i don't care because you're not going to lose your home system in the last round you can have a predictable win and still win as the argent flight right yeah because yeah okay so so the logic of uh the pros the the cool the cool kids holding on to their action phase secrets uh and keeping keeping them hidden is so that the other players can't read what's going on if we're saying argent is just good at defending themselves and who cares right. about saving the action phasers? Exactly. Like, who cares if they can see that you're going to win? It's right. like, well, Airy Hollow Lattice. You, you what can, are you going to exactly. do? Exactly. Like, Airy Hollow Lattice, what are you going to do? You can save, like, one action phase so that people don't see the swing as much as you might have. You know, you could you could do three points instead of two points or whatever. But make sure it's, like, the, the most, e the easiest action phases in the world to do. Don't save the one where it's like, oh, something. Like, I, I, I keep having such a hard time with win and an anomaly. Yeah, I was about to say. Win and anomaly can just be stolen from you, especially in the late game. And I, as people get more and more 
aware of this stuff, people are going to stop leaving stuff in anomalies altogether. So you those kinds of uh, objectives you need to do when the getting's good. <laughs> go right. go spark a rebellion before the rebellion is your support for the throne partner. Go yeah. win in an anomaly when it's in range. We have some mobility. We have good early and mid game mobility. We don't have that like four movement crazy shenanigans in the late game. Outside of like our hero can kind of unlock some some ideas, but even then, it's almost better to use your hero to go take a fight, right? Win that action phase secret, and then send all of that stuff home to defend your home right. system. That is what the power of the hero actually unlocks. Is I went and did the stuff that scored me a point right in the moment, and then everything goes home to make sure nobody can do anything about my my scoring ability in the status phase. Yeah, I also just want to point out I might be crazy here, but you can't like so. Let's say you have uh, the way the map is set up is you have planets on every side of your home system. Yeah, that's rare. If you put structures in all of those, that's it. there's no way to enter the home system. You have to destroy the structures, I guess. Well, you have to destroy the structures. You have to move into the system, unlock that system, and then move into the home system. Right? You can move out yeah, of a so system with your structure. You just, yeah, you cannot go directly through it. So you literally... You, you stop all attacks from going to your home system. Now, again, it's exceedingly rare that three planet systems are around your home system. If you're doing a well, but some people do competitive build, If you're build, doing a competitive some build, people... it's hard because if you're doing competitive build, I also, as Argent, really want the planet next to Mechatol. So I'm not putting my three blue systems adjacent to home because I want one next to Mechatol to go That's fair. target Mechatol. But if you did this, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. You understand what I'm saying? It'd be pretty you get what I'm cool. Saying? I'm seeing it'd what be, you're saying. That'd be a cool guy special <laughs> right there. That's it. That's what I got for Argent. Play like Matt plays. Hurt people, be mean, <laughs> be ruthless, and hope that it pays off in the in the status phase of round five, basically. Okay. Play like Matt plays, basically. Yep. You could have just skipped to this point and just play like Matt plays. <laughs> I mean, we all know how Matt plays. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, what stinks is I never got to do uh, War Sons, which is not a hard thing to do as them, but I always, I, I, I played really cheap with tech. I just could not justify it. I also, it's hard to actually get like all of the money you need for a War Sun, like in a single moment, right? Sure. Um, yeah. It's possible, but I, I never saved up tech or uh, trade goods for it. So just wasn't in my wheelhouse. But the big thing to mention about the War Sons that we didn't really talk about is we don't have a ground for, we don't have a ground combat advantage. Unless we send one war sun, two destroyers, and all of that fully loaded, and then we bombard the planet, and then we take it easily. Like, war mm -hmm. suns really are an answer to the only area where we are lacking. Right. So, yeah, I prefer war suns over pretty much anything else, and I think that's why you see a lot of people focus on it um, more so than I ever did. I, there's a lot of people who talk about Arjun is more or less one of the best war sun factions, and I agree with them. I believe it. I think my problem with War Suns always, uh, even if I'm a good fact, I mean, I guess Hakan actually technically has an act uh, an answer to this, yeah. is just the fact that we need to research the tech and then we need to build the War Sun. And if that can't happen in one round, what if, this is the nightmare scenario to me, I research the War Sun tech and then the next objective that comes out is a spendy. Yeah. 
Ouch. What? Ow, no. <laughs> Why? Why you treat me like this? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's eight resources or something, or even five trade goods. Yeah, it doesn't the, matter. The idea I probably is, don't have enough resources right. to build a war sun just off of my slice. It's useless to have war suns if you're not getting them on the board early enough to matter. And getting them on the board early enough to matter puts you in risk of, I got two more stage ones to flip, bud. <laughs> I don't know what those right. are going to be. I got a job to do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, but then there's the times where you do it and it's fine and you didn't have any annoying spendies that came out. Yeah. Uh, or there's, you know, I think it's preferable if if there's a way for you to research the War Sons and go ahead and and get one out yeah. on the board that same round. That's important to do too. And I'm sure there are people saying that to the, to the you know, to the television yeah. right now. A lot of people play this on their TVs. Yeah. We should do, oh my God, we should do videos of us recording the show I, you think people want to see that no, i don't want to do that <laughs> they want to see it i don't want to do it <laughs> they want it they want it bad they're begging for it especially my fans the ones that only like yeah. me and don't like the rest of the show speaking of your fans i want to thank the weird bears farganes <laughs> tg welch brian bot bot kaluan squeamish emu son mate mate ace and john rwise absol ponchadori astoria bro duel and sun facts and i want to thank my fans the little peace turtles naderate patience is a virtue gaskio dark jutsu brave sir robin uncle batty frank g carnal my son is also named Bort anvilier sam lee alice and kraken that's right i put you all into boxes yeah you know what i just want to say though i i I do not. I, I don't want to claim the weird bears like that. The weird bears belong uh, to, to both of us. <laughs> yeah, my 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 special fan club is like a secret society within the space well, cats. It's, Peace it's literally fandom. it used to literally be called the hundred dollars fan club. I want to be clear. It's now the homebrewers. Oh club. yeah, I forgot about that. It's still really yeah, that's so, really yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. But that's gone now. So so now is there's a that? secret society. Have brewing, I played a homebrewers be... guild game yet? Mm. Mm, okay yeah you're right um oh updates uh galactic council poll still going uh might be over actually is it still going i think it's still well you got four days from here so that's probably over like today now, actually vote now <laughs> vote now or forever hold your peace um your two options have been what faction is everyone sleeping on and matt and hunter improv a homebrew faction it's looking like the improv a homebrew yes! faction is gonna win uh, so it's gonna be a comedy episode, okay? It's gonna be uh, somebody said I forget who it was. I think Wecker said, uh, "Hey, uh, I, I want to make it. I want to make the faction that that y'all designed. Oh, yeah. So so it might be available for play as soon as the episode uh, releases in TTS. Yeah, and just to be clear not, too for you know. people so they know how that's gonna work. Uh, the idea will be when we sit down to record, we will probably hit up the Galactic Council." And do sort of like a whose who's faction is it anyway call out of like, give us some space creature ideas, throw out yep. a thing, and we'll just take whatever we like and run with it. Um, so we're not prepping yeah. the theme of the faction or really even the ideas of the faction, and we will take on the day what we get from the Galactic Council and turn it into a faction. Yeah. You know what's funny is I bet it's going to be like um, like what happens when you're doing, uh, like I'm, I'm not an improviser, but... Uh, I was once a stand-up. I might still be a stand-up, but it's unclear right now. Uh, whenever you go into the audience and you just ask for an improv topic, uh -huh. what I've always find happens is that the audience, as a, all together, they all get really nervous yeah. and they all blank at they once. They weren't it's expecting so, you to talk to them in a way that expected a response. They were here to it's listen so to you. so crazy. <laughs> like, like, it'll be like, all right, I need a, a funny job. And someone will be like, doctor. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> uh, like a funny job, like in like anything, even just kind of funny. And the next one will be like, "What about a doctor?" Like, well, we that was just. Oh, uh, 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 
bone doctor. <laughs> okay, we're getting closer. Uh, a lawyer doctor. <laughs> have you? Have, has anyone said doctor yet? <laughs> That's a funny job. Nurse. <laughs> um. Okay, anyways, uh, Homebrewers Guild. Oh, I should have scheduled that. What a, when? This is a live scheduling happening right now. Oh. I think it can happen on Friday. What's it going to commit uh, to? April 30th. Nope. Oh, wait, but nope. I want to do my Disco That's Elysium stream. That's a game. The next weekend is probably viable. May, 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 nope, May. Oh, man, Hunter, it's a mess. All right, here's what's actually, we just talked a lot. And it got cut out uh, because we got in trouble. Scheduling trouble. All right. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, it's unscheduled. How about that? Yeah. Eat that. All right. <laughs> Still not Keep scheduled. Keep an eye on our Twitter and the Discord and everything. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's the tournament season, man. Everything hurts right now. It's all hard. Everything to- is hard to do yeah. while the tournament is happening. <laughs> well, you speaking of the tournament, to this weekend. show is friday april 30th at 1500 utc on space cats peace turtles twitch saturday may 1st at 1700 utc on flat tomatoes twitch and sunday may 2nd at 1400 utc space cats peace turtles twitch the youtube's got even more tournament three every single weekend so far probably maintaining that through the through to the end three every weekend tournament games until like freaking june uh you can find our podcast and information about it at spacecatspeaceturtles.com. You can rate our podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can use our website to learn about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, our baby, our life, our hopes and dreams and wishes. You can use our website to dox us if you want. Don't. Please what? don't. I don't know. You can probably... You may not. People are wizards these days. They'll figure out anything. You can use our website to figure out our, our, our whole... Our whole dream, everything we've ever yeah. dreamed. Hey, I just want to put this out here. You can follow me on Letterbox at uh, Hunbun. I'm at Hunbun on Letterbox. Uh-huh. Uh, check out my reviews of uh, the films yeah. that I watch. Right. Uh, I've been, I bought the uh, World of Wong Kar Wai, uh, which is a new Criterion box set uh, featuring Wong Kar Wai's film. If you're not familiar with Wong Kar Wai, uh, uh, get he's familiar, fool. Get familiar. <laughs> Familiarize yourself. What are you, a child? You're supposed to be an adult, and adults watch adult movies, okay? Not like that, though. Uh, <laughs> Wong Kar Wai, wonderful filmmaker. He uh, he did a restoration of all of his films. Uh, not all of his films, actually, just the Why ones are that are really good. are advertising this right now? What is happening? It's just such a good box set. Uh, however, uh, I, and I've been watching through it, so you can kind of see my journey. Uh-huh. Uh, of me watching each of these films. These are like all my favorite I want you films, to go to basically. my letterbox, and I don't remember my username, but you can find my review of Only Swiss Army Man, where I called it the first comedy film. Yeah, so Matt has this bit where he... Uh, <laughs> where, actually, Matt has this life bit he's been doing <laughs> where he get like take a like media in general, and he'll pick just like one thing, and that'll be the only... Th- he'll be like... Like let's say like this is my uh, personality now. <laughs> let's say it's like let, let's say it's like music, okay? And uh, it'll be like all right. So wh- uh, you, there's here's all this music. There's all this type of music from all these different times and cultures. And he'll be like, okay, Bruce Springsteen. That's all I'm gonna listen to. And also I'm gonna tell people that Bruce that the boss is the best. 
and every, all the other music sucks. I'm allowed. Be like, oh, hey, okay, well, what hey, else do you listen to? I know you'll be like, I'm no, allowed I don't to listen believe to that else. Swiss Army Man is the best movie ever made. I'm allowed that in my right. life. That's allowed. You who have seen three movies in your life, <laughs> like every time you wow, watch a new movie, are we getting it really condescending now about seen. movies? <laughs> no, sorry, you're I'm only not. allowed to judge movies not, if you've seen as many movies as. It's Hunter. not true. It's it's not true. But sometimes it feels that way because. You see, you, I've seen the documentary about Apocalypse Now, so my eloquent taste. That's in not. That, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. And then you'll. I'm not saying it makes me right. <laughs> I'm saying it. It maybe. It it, it it. Like if I I don't even say something is the best. You know what I mean? I don't even have that type of. I don't know what the best is of anything. I just know what I like the most. I've heard you, know? you. I've heard you say some wild stuff about Terminator. That's the end of the show. What? What's wild? What do you mean? What's wild about Terminator? I like Terminator Two. I like Terminator One. They're both great movies. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. When have I ever said anything wild about Terminator? I'm not. I'm fading out it out. Of the show I yet. faded it out. No, that's not fair. <laughs> you just said that I said wild stuff about Terminator. I haven't said anything wild about Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. Okay, I think at one point I had rated Terminator One like kind of low on my letterbox, and some people found it and like dragged me for it. But I rewatched Terminator One like two months ago. That movie's great. That's a great movie. I, I have no qualms with that movie. You're not even responding to me anymore. I'm done. You're, I'm letting you go. This is this is Hunter's movie rant time. You should go check out. Both, you should go check out his other podcasts. Uh, read it and weep. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Oscar movies right now. It's a bad year for Oscar flicks. Yeah. They, I didn't like any of them. <laughs> All right. Well, I I can just live in this podcast now forever. It doesn't have to end for me. You know what I mean? I can. I'm just trying to talk to my friend. You know what I mean? Just trying to have a chat with my friend about me. We just got done doing two hours of stuff for them, and you can't talk to me for a minute <laughs> about, about well, about all you do movies. is hate my takes. I think all no, of this I don't is hate post credit stuff. All of this, it, I, this, I mean, hopefully it's not in. It's uh, anyways, so funny that we're talking it. about this right now because EJ's yeah. dad also has a letterbox. And by the way, Hunter, you need to go follow EJ's dad on Letterboxd. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't gimme, know. Gimme, 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 ask gimme. EJ, but uh, okay. <laughs> he texted EJ just this text The squid and the whale is a 10. <laughs> 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 <laughs>